Friday, December the 15th, 2023. This is part two of the podcast that we put out this week because we get so much content, it wouldn't fit all on one podcast. So on this episode of That's What G Said Podcast, we are going to have all of your horse racing previews for the weekend. We'll have Friday, Woodbine, Best Bets. Then I'm going to shift into Friday and Saturday Best Bets with Barry Spears. Barry joins me. We each give out a few plays for Friday and a few plays for Saturday. Then we'll finish up with Woodbine Best Bets for Saturday. Remember, this is closing weekend at Woodbine. So Saturday and Sunday are your final days of racing at Woodbine this year for the Thoroughbreds. And then we will finish up with this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. We talk all about CM Punk, how he has been making the world tour, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, all over the place. Then we get into AEW Dynamite. We talk about the NXT deadline pay-per-view from last weekend. And remember, folks, on an earlier episode, right before this, if you're looking in the feed, we previewed all of the NFL Week 15 games, and there's a deep dive of the Marvels with Tim Kelly. So a lot of content this week, and on this particular episode, you're going to get the Friday and Saturday horse racing from Woodbine and from Gulfstream, and then This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper. On this episode of That's What G Said, that is presented by full-service realtor Cindy Carava, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A dot com. That's the website. She can help you with buying, with selling, with leasing, anything you need in the world of real estate, CindyCarava.com. Let's move right on into it. We'll start Friday Woodbine, then I'm going to move to Friday and Saturday Gulfstream, And then we'll go Saturday Woodbine to finish up with the racing. Then we'll move into This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper. Just three days of racing remain at Woodbine this year, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we'll have some best bets for Friday, some best bets for Saturday, and then we'll have a separate video for uh, for each of those and a separate one for Sunday with some thoughts on some of the closing day mandatory payout sequences. Like always, when I dive into the uh, races, when I handicap them, I'm using the daily racing form past performances. Right now, they have all access past performances where you can flip between classic, formulator and timeform us past performances you can actually get them for free when you sign up for a drf bets account right off the bat they're giving you a 200 match deposit bonus promotion if you deposit 200 and you use the promo code stakes they'll match that so your 200 turns into 400 they give you 10 free all access past performances and then every time you bet 50 bucks through your drf bets account you'll get credit for another set of all access past performances. So the more you wager through your account, you won't be needing to pay for past performances through drf.com. Sign up right now for DRF bets. Use that promo code stakes. I have a couple plays. I'm going to look at races one, three, and six for Friday at Woodbine. So right off the bat, let's see if we can make some money. Pad the bankroll for a, a big Woodbine weekend in race number one. It's a six and a half furlong maiden $15,000 claimer. I want to look at the number nine in here. What do you mean? Now, this is a three-year-old gelding who has faced better, tougher maidens through the bulk of his career. The one race that sort of jumps off the page at you is the race where he finished second 
at this level. And he was right on the lead, involved throughout that day. What I like is after that, it was a good effort. They even tried tougher off of it. Now he'll drop back down to that maiden $15,000 level. You'll also cut back to six and a half furlongs. And I think with the outside draw here, it'll give him the opportunity to sit off the pace a little bit. Look at that October 5th race. So we had back-to-back pretty good races there. October 5th, where he came from a little more off the pace than November the 24th going longer. He was closer up early. I think you'll have something right in, in between those two. With the outside draw, he can sit. With the blinkers coming off, they'll try to get him to relax just a little bit. And I think he's drawn well out there for the cutback. He's 12 to one, tried tougher. He can pass horses, but he actually going through the field might be one of the quicker in here. There's not all that much like legitimate sprint speed. So I think the game plan should be, let's try to get out of the gate quickly. Look around. If nobody's going, let's get as close to the front end as possible. If a couple others want that front end, well, we can sit off here. Some options on a 12 to one shot. What do you mean? Who I think fits really well with this group. We shift to race number three. Now, remember the early pick five starts in race number two, and there's a $50,000 guarantee in the pick five on Friday. So you can play for just a 20 cent based wager. I'll give you two horses that I like through that throughout the sequence to use on your pick five tickets. Race three, the number five Royal Hudson. So this is a $25,000 claiming race. If you look at Royal Hudson's first two starts, he was just facing better. He debuted against Maiden Special Weights going six furlongs on the synthetic. The race actually came back very strong. Uh, you've seen a couple next out winners there. The runner-up, Midnight Mascot, came back to win next out and then has tried Stakes Company a couple times since. Is a stakes-placed horse, finished second in the stakes. Um, you also have Tunchi, who won a maiden special weight race after finishing fourth, then came back and ran fourth in two graded stakes races in a row. So Royal Hudson exits a couple strong races. That second race, he ran really well when finishing third, going a mile on the turf. So stretching out has helped him quite a bit to just show a lot more tactical speed. Then when they dropped down in class, he had a really nice start. He sat third. He was about three lengths off. He was on the inside and he moved into contention with dead aim. He had to actually hold off a challenge from the outside. It looked like he was going to get passed, but he dug in gamely. So there's some ability here, and he's moving forward, and he may have just found a really good level where he can be successful, and now he'll step up and face winners, but I think he fits with this group just as far as the class is concerned, and he should get a great trip in here. Royal Hudson, 8-1 to one on the morning line. If we can get anything around 5, I think worthy of a win wager and make sure to throw into your pick 5s. Let's move to race number 6. This one's the closeout leg in the pick 5 sequence. I'm going to look at the number 12 in here. And this is an 8-1 to one shot on the morning line. I, I had the value line of about 5 for this one also. And that's Dursky. So... If you just look at the recent form overall, this horse has been remarkably consistent as of late and was close up early on November the 25th, was sitting about fourth, moved all the way up to third, was two lengths off, and then got pushed a little bit wide, was chasing a three to five favorite that day and a lone speed winner, and he kept trying hard all the way. He's another horse where I think the outside draw isn't really going to hurt him all that much to sort of keep him in the clear. I feel like he should have no problem with this trip. The only time he's gone a mile in an eighth 
he finished third. He was fourth that day in the plate trial, and he was put up to third uh, uh, via DQ. Um, He's it, a different horse, though, now. Like, his running style is a little bit different. He's more off the pace. I think that should play out really well in here for Dursky. 8-1 to one on the morning line. If we can get right around that 5-6 range, we'll play to win. Make sure to throw him into your pick fives there. On Friday at Woodbine, third last day of the meet. We'll have some thoughts on Saturday and Sunday in some different videos for you. Best of luck this weekend at Woodbine. Remember, anytime you're playing the races, head to drf.com. Sign up for DRF Bets right now, and you can get these free all-access pass performances. Best of luck on Friday at Woodbine. Time to talk about some more Gulfstream Park racing at the championship meet. We're going to talk some Friday and Saturday Gulfstream Park. We will share our best bets. When I say our, I mean me, Gino Bacola, alongside my good friend, Barry Spears. Barry, buddy, how's everything going on your end? Doing well, my man. You know, things are looking up. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way back. I'm almost at 100%. I'm, I'm right there. You know, just got to get rid of some of this bruising so I can look normal when I go outside. But uh, other than that, everything's good, man. How you doing? Feeling good. We're ready to lead the folks to some winners out there. We encourage everybody to dive on into your daily racing form, past performances. Remember, Gulfstream Park has everything you need. Uh, DRF has everything you need for Gulfstream Park throughout the meet. Past performances, picks. They've also got those clocker reports for you each and every day that there's racing. You can check out the clocker reports. So first-time starters, surface switches, horses coming off long layoffs. That'll help you out big time. And this weekend, we really have to monitor weather, right, Barry? Because it's been raining. Uh, some of these races could come off the grass, but we know that there are multiple surfaces. So with the synthetic, there could be races from the turf taken to the synthetic. And, and you know, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Sure. Yeah, I, I know there was some rain in the forecast. It might not have really affect South Florida as much, but we'll see. Now, Gulfstream Friday is where we will dive on into. We always encourage everyone out there that take a look at the schedule for stable duel. See if you want to get involved in some of those stable duel contest contest at Gulfstream park all the time. Woodbine's just winding down. Santa Anita will be opening up soon and there will be plenty over there. And remember folks, this is the no chalk zone. As we look at the daily racing form, past performances, we're going to be talking about prices, prices, prices. So Barry, I'm going to look at, uh, races two and five on Friday. Then I got an extra one on Saturday. You're going to go five, six, and eight for Friday. So I'll start us out in race number two, which is a five furlong race on the grass. And what's interesting about this race, whether it's on the grass or, or taken off, you know, most of this field is speed. It's almost all speed. Bedrock birdie from the inside, very fast. Bubbly champagne wants to go. El Torino, really, really quick. Devil at Midnight wants to go. Uh, 
the seven horse wants to go. It sort of looks like the five does, but I I want to talk a little bit about her because I watched her races and I think she has the uh, the ability to sit off a little bit here. And and that's why the two horses I actually want to mention, Barry, are the two right next to each other. The, this, this is a, a Barry Spears angle. The six happy world is your like lone, real, true closer in this field. Like the only proven horse at a turf sprint passing horses in the field. Oh, yeah. That's such a great angle when it does come up. It doesn't happen very often. Um, but when it does, you got to kind of have to capitalize because usually you'll get your price. So we see Happy World is a horse. So I would recommend using in all of your exotics. But Dot is really interesting to me because she actually sits off a lot more than it looks like if you're just watching her running, if you're just looking at the running lines and you haven't watched her races. So she debuted on August 13th at Gulfstream. And she was second. She was like two lengths off early on. And she was just up to like put pressure on the leader right to the outside. And she just blew past. Like she was better than that field, but she did sit off. And she did the same sort of thing on September the 14th. She had a good start. She was sitting second just off. She kind of moved to it a little bit. And and I think he just put a line right through it. She was all in early. She'd been off for a few months. She comes back. She tries the turf. This is mainly about trip in here. And if this field stays intact or close to intact, there could be four or five speed horses in here. And looks like the five and the six are the two that should really benefit from that, Barry. Yeah, certainly look like it on paper. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't even think, especially these being two-year-olds, that they'll have, you know, the others will have really much of a, a chance to kind of rate these sources are very young and they're going to go. So, so the, the pace scenario will probably hold up. And, and one of these two will definitely be right there at the finish, especially when they're all next to each other too, right? They're kind of, they're pack animals. The horse right next to you shows speed. So you are fast to try to keep up with them. Could just see one, two, three, and four inside all really burning it early on. And I'm um, hoping it sets up for, Two horses here, Dot and Happy World. I'm going to use the both of them in exotics all over the place. Dot is 10 to 1. Happy World is 9 to 2. So definitely wanted to talk about this race and give you a few to mention to use in your exotics. Barry, we will both get to the fifth. So uh, start us off in race number five, my friend. Who are you looking at in this one? Yeah, this is a nice uh, optional claimer, 35,000, going a mile and the 16th on the turf. And I got a funny feeling we're probably going to end up on the same horse here. Um, I ended up on number seven, the best distance. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, we're on a different one here. But I'll tell you this. Oh. We're, we're, we're not okay. on. Neither one of us is on running with scissors or therapist. So that's for sure. We're not on the <laughs> nine to five yeah. and seven to fives. Uh, you know how we roll. This is a no chalk zone, like you said earlier. But, um, you know, I, I, I looked at this race up and down and, and, didn't find much speed. I, I mean, the only other horse that has shown speed in the past is number two thought. And I don't think that horse. And that's who actually, I'm on, uh, but that's who I went to of this caliber. Funny. Yeah. That's funny. And and I just, I just thought the seven has, you know, the ultimate kind of run of it. Uh, I think this horse will, will, will not be denied the lead. And it's just as far as this horse wants to go. Now you mentioned earlier that, that these races may come off the turf and that might be even better for the seven um, because for both this horse of, has for been it's running definitely really better for the two who I like. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, either way, even if it does go on the turf, I, I think the seven's a much improved horse. 
um, than he was earlier this year. And going to the lead is has proven the best thing for this horse. And I, I don't see anybody getting in this horse's way. Um, and, and it's it's a matter of how far they want to go. If they want to go slow early, I, I think that's so perfect for the seven. And even the two. I mean, even if they both go out here. I, I mean, wasn't it last week that battle. we had horses? Right. We had horses with similar running styles and yours ended up winning and mine faded a little bit. Um, I think we might have that similar situation. I'm going to go with the horse that's going to be in front again. That's basically the difference between the two of them. Yep. And I think if you look at thought, if this race does stay on turf and we're wondering like, how good is this guy on the grass? Well, he's only been on the turf three times. One of them was early in his career. I think you can just put a line through it at, at Churchill. The other two races, they're not bad. He was third in both of those races. And one of them came before going to the bench for a little while. Um, I think second start back, he's been remarkably consistent lately. And I think he's just a better horse now than the last time he was on the grass. I feel like he sits a great trip down inside there, Barry. So we're kind of looking for the same sort of trips. We want horses that are going to be forwardly placed in here. I'm going to use thought second start off the short break. Um, his win last time was nice. Like visually he moved to the lead. He had to deal with some challengers and it was sort of like a well-measured W eight to one on the morning line and thought that would be 3000. If you're playing a stable duel game and for Barry, he will see the eight to one and he'll get up to 10 to one on the best distance. So that's race number five on Friday at Gulfstream Park. Barry, you're going to go right next door to the sixth, and then you're going to take us and finish us off in the eighth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm always looking for for the doubles and things like that. Um, you know, this is a very interesting race, to be honest with you. It's a $16,000 claimer on the synthetic going a mile on the 16th, non-winners of three. And, and these are, again, one of those quintessential synthetic races at Gulfstream. This is the, this is the typical kind of race you're going to see there. And, and the better you handicap these and, and, and play these races, the better you're going to do at Gulfstream. Um, that being said, I went to number five, Red Hornet. Um, first time off the claim for Brittany Vandenberg uh, and Chris Amy. Now, the reason I, I like this horse is, A, the claim. You know, the horse was, went to Indiana Downs on the turf, didn't run a step. Prior to that was at you know, what I think is over this horse's head at Kentucky Downs going seven furlongs, had Raylu that day kind of stalked and, and stopped was the comment in the form. Um, Brittany uh, Vandenberg has a, a, a good record. Um, first off the claim, she's 21%, 47, uh, you know, horse sample size. That's, that's pretty good. Um, this horse towers over this field class-wise. I know this horse dropped down a lot last time, but I, I, I'm encouraged by that last work on December 9th. They've worked this horse on the synthetic one time, enters into this race, and there's looks to be enough speed. This horse is, is kind of might be able to place themselves wherever they want. So if it's slow, I think they're going to be closer to the pace. If it's fast, they're going to be off it. Um, I just think this, this race sets up that one race uh, <clears throat> at Indiana downs kind of coming into this combined with that last work. I, I think this one's going to give a great effort. Another big price 10 to one from Barry. So if you're playing uh you know, stable dual lineups, these are only going to cost you a thousand dollars to use. If you're playing pick fours, pick fives, any type of multis, these are great prices for your exotics. 
my man, you've got one more for Friday and then I'll have an extra one for Saturday. Talk to us about how uh, you want to finish up your Friday plays in race number eight. Yeah, this is another one. Another synthetic special. Uh, Which is nice because you don't have to worry about the, you know, if they do take these races off the grass. That's sort of what I did on Saturday is I went with two turf and then two non-turf just in case those races were to come off. At least there's a few, you know, that are, that'll probably be uh, able to stay in those races. Yeah, you know, it's definitely to your advantage if you can kind of, if you can play weatherman and and uh, forecast a little bit, you know, just in case. Um, but you know, if they come off the grass, they're going to the synthetic, which is which is a plus because you can kind of anticipate that. Going to the dirt, it, it seems like it's a little bit more of a crapshoot once, you know, see you see who ends up in the race and how they'll possibly perform. So that being said, I'm going to number six. Now, this is a uh, 25,000 non-winners of three condition claimer going five and a half on the synthetic. I went to number six, Avatar Hero. Now, you'll see this horse has been running in better races overall. Um, you know, broke his maiden actually uh, back in February on the synthetic at this same trip at 16,000. And I think anything close to that race this horse is going to be excellent. They got this horse off the off the synthetic, went to parks, went to the dirt, and and was running at a, a decent level. Um, drops back into this condition claimer. Johnny V's been riding lights out, um, and this horse has been training steadily uh, for for this event. I think this horse is really really has a great shot because he doesn't necessarily need the lead. Um, there's quite a bit of speed in here. And I think Johnny V can can kind of pull this horse back and, and make that one run that it takes, you know, on the outside to be successful on the synthetic at, at Gulfstream. Five to one on the number six in here, who just, I, I agree with you, just seems like those efforts did a little bit better most recently, got a little versatility there to him. And Johnny V jumping aboard, like you're going to be forwardly placed in here. Um, Avital Hero at five to one. So a couple different opportunities for you on Friday. A few for me. Barry's got three. Let's flip the page to Saturday Gulfstream Park. And as we do, Barry, talk to everybody about uh, what you got going on over with going in circles, with Big Mondays, uh, Game of Silks, anything else you want to mention? Yeah, we're, we're kind of doing it all over there. Me and Chuck are, are kind of spreading ourselves around. Uh, we do you know, some stuff with Game of Silks and, and some handicapping that will, that will probably pick up at the beginning of the year, you know, especially with the Game of Silks. They, you know, they're starting with all, like from scratch with just two-year-olds. So they're going to be turning three. The new two-year-olds are going to be coming into play. So that that should be fun to keep an eye on. Uh, we got our race, uh, our, our website, um, Racing Hub, RCNG Hub. Um, we're going to start doing a lot more after the new year. We got some plans with some things we're doing with, you know, not just horse racing, but basketball and football. And, you know, obviously always the, uh, big Monday show going in circles podcast that can be seen on the website and, uh, on ours on the going in circles website as well. So, you know, definitely getting busy. I'm glad I'm, I'm getting healthy. So, so we can, uh, you know, we attack are all glad. <laughs> yeah. Thank oh you. yeah. We are. We missed you, buddy, and it's glad to. It's good to hear that you're feeling better, and little by little, building that, uh, building that stamina back up, getting back to where you yeah, were. Yeah, you can. I, I'm sure you can hear the pep in my step today. A hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. And my and energy when levels we, up. 
we were talking earlier because like we were a little bit different from our normal schedule and you were busy. I was busy. I'm glad that you were busy in that you were doing things, right? Like you were you were yeah. having to do stuff. <laughs> so that made me feel good too. Knowing yeah. that you were back on the swing of things. So um let's get some more winners for the folks on yeah, Saturday we over we at Gulfstream Park. You're gonna start us out early. I've got more plays later in the card. So you're gonna get us going in race number three on Saturday. Sure. Now this this is one of one of the uh the outlier plays as I like to call them. Nice. Because we're going to throw one downfield here. Please. Uh, race three is an 8,000 non-winners of two lifetime going five and a half on the synthetic. This is this is our, our lane right now. And I'm going to go to a, a, a pretty decent price here in number six, Lang Lang. 20 to one morning line. Um, and I'm going to tell you why I like this horse. First off, June 10th. 2023 this horse breaks his maiden on this surface at this trip got a decent buyer figure that day and that's competitive in this race and you'll see the progression after that the horse was claimed um in a synthetic race that the horse didn't really do much running and kind of hasn't but if you pull up the replay for the uh october 14th race you'll see the comment head turned at the start and I don't know if that's completely accurate, um, but the horse was definitely flat-footed and unprepared. And you'll see it. And then the horse kind of drops back. So this um, is the right number the three start. that we're looking at, right? Yeah. Yes, the number three. Yep. And you can see the horse is unprepared. I looked at the head-on, and, and you don't really see. The horse's head was turned, but not when they opened the gate. It was like right before, and I think the horse was just a little flat-footed. And you saw the horse kind of break a little bit last and gets kind of rushed up, goes to the inside here. And then once you see, if you could fast forward a little bit to the to the top of the stretch, you'll see the horse come back into view. And by the time the horse kind of gets into it, it the race is kind of over. And I think the jock kind of lets up and, and kind of lets the horse kind of run out through and didn't really pursue, which was probably a good thing. Um, Save a little inside. Yeah. Save a little something for it. Yeah. Kind of gets into contention and shows and shows interest. Right. And now there's like a wall of like nine horses in front of him, literally. Yeah. And they kind of like ease up. There's nowhere to go. The horse was definitely not going to get a placing here. And and I think that was a good thing to do. You see the, the jock was really like standing up at the end there. Um, That being said, there's no world beaters in this race. Obviously it's an $8,000 claimer. Um, the the favorite who's on the inside is a tough trip at five and a half on the synthetic. I mean, not that Irad doesn't bully his way out a lot. He's definitely going to have to do that here. But I think Lang Lang is going to get a get overlooked. He's probably going to be higher than this twenty to one. You got the nondescript jockey, uh, Enel Cordero, the trainer. People don't know, but does okay on the synthetic. And I think this is a really good spot for this horse to run well um again i want this horse to win but i wouldn't be surprised you know if this horse is right around all of it at the end um i think there's enough speed tovia rough enough both have speed uh even val's gal might even get out there the two babies dialed in is definitely going to get out there and you know who knows Irad might try to pop the gate and try to get out in front which will add to the pace and you saw in that replay how Lang Lang kind of likes to, to, to come on. Gets off. going late. 
Yeah, look, right. Absolutely. Like, and and that and those are the winning moves on the synthetic at Gulfstream. Um, you know, and you can even see the the workout on November 18th indicates that this horse is in okay form. I see two workouts after that on the turf, but they chose this spot. And I, I, I just think this is a, a really good chance to to take a shot with a horse at a big price. 20 to one on the morning line for Barry in race number three. So you're going to also go to the fifth race and then I'll pop in in race number six right next door. Both the fifth and the sixth races are both carded for the synthetic. So won't hopefully have a lot of changes in these ones, even if we do get some weather. Talk to us about who you're uh, who you're looking at in this fifth race. Yeah, this is another one. Another one. We're going synthetic, man. I'm telling you, it's it's the way to go, and you you can get prices on the synthetic at Gulfstream. Oh, I um, love, dude. I'm up. I'm sad. The Woodbine uh, closing week at Woodbine <laughs> this week, so you know there'll be no Woodbine for the next few months. I've had a blast playing the races up there. Yeah, Woodbine. Woodbine for me is a little bit tougher because I have a, I have a tough time kind of getting a gauge on the track because sometimes they get a nice bias and there's like wind that that happens up. Oh there. yeah, they'll get some weather for sure. Right, yeah. and and it changes the track quite a bit. Even during the races, it, the track will change, and I, I I have I struggle. I I mean I win races there of course, but um, I have tough. a yeah I have a better time with the consistency with the weather down at, at Gulfstream and how the 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 synthetics played because you know. I, we've been really paying close attention to it since they installed it and since they've been running races on it uh, a couple years ago. So, you know, I, I have a good handle on it there. That being said, this is a $16,000 non-winners of two uh, going a mile and 70 on the, on the synthetic. And I went to number six variable cost. And on the surface, it's like, what is this horse doing in this race? You know, uh, this horse is out of Kingman who stands for $202,000. This is Cutter Racing, which is big-time connections. Um, if you see, this horse was a bit running on the turf and closing, which makes a big difference in this race because there's a lot of speed, a lot of speed. Number five, Little Steven, uh, the favorite, the thrill of victory, uh, the one horse, Wednesday Night Lad, all have a, an abundance of speed. And I think that this horse will come off the pace, but not be too far back because the other horse that, that I kind of do like in this spot, the seven media sensation is going to launch from way back. And I think variable cost will get the jump on that horse and be able to out finish. Um, Sisterson is excellent with turf runners. I've been watching him particularly at, at uh, turf park and the horses that he's been putting on the, the synthetic there. This one kind of fits that mold, and it's probably a better horse than a lot of these. That's what I was going to say. Just from a, yeah, and just from what this horse has done overall, like has run good races every time. Right, and and you see horses like Pioneering Spirit, who's who wasn't he's not a bad horse, um, and dropping into this spot does make a lot of sense, despite what you you know you may value what this horse is you know worth at this time. Um, I know they're trying to, it seems like they're trying to give this horse away. You see the last time, you know, at Prescott, it was 30 cents on the dollar. Then they come to this spot at Gulfstream, which, you know, makes a lot of sense given that they know that this horse can win on the synthetic. And I think this horse has a jump up in, you know, in, in his future. And I think it's going to come on Saturday. 
you know, Tyler is, is, is Jack's go-to rider. He's at 20%, 27% with this, with this outfit. And, and I think all systems are go. I like this horse. I'm going to be stealing this one to use my stable dual lineups on uh, Saturday for sure. And I will be throwing variable cost in a few spots and it's nice. I'll be going right next door to race number six for my play. I'd be shocked at this horse's this price on the morning line. Uh, I'm going to look at the number three in a blink who is 12 to one on the morning line. She debuted uh, just two weeks ago on December the 1st. And we can watch the race. It was a five and a half for a long race on the synthetic. Same conditions here, but she was facing maiden 16 claimers. So a softer maiden group, but her race was so impressive. I think they were willing to step her up and you get Luis Saez jumping aboard, which is a major positive. So let's look at the 10 who misses the start. So this horse is last with the blue, (laughs) not even in our picture. Totally blue. Going, going five and a half. Right. And it's like, ah, oh, like just five and a half in your career debut and from post 10, and you completely missed the break. Now, this course is about nine lengths off and will start to move in between horses in the two path. And you're going to start to pick up the 10 quickly in that two path and see this horse close really, really well. And here she's about to come into the picture right here. Watch her get stopped as she tries to go down to the inside right here with a ton of run, looking for some room, just got, and here comes the 10, right about here, she's staying to the inside, and she's trying to move up in between, but she's got nowhere to go, she gets sort of pinned in by the three, and watch how the difference between finishing first, finishing second and fifth, right, she's almost there on the outside, to just get up and finish uh to just get up and finish second yeah. instead she finishes fifth the horse who wins the race is the horse who pinned her in and kind of cut her off like she could have won this race with a cleaner trip and, yeah she definitely could have and she didn't change leads no. until late and that 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 means that the fact that she did change leads is probably encouraging for the next race for this one you know what i mean and then you get luis to jump back to jump aboard now and I think she makes a ton of sense in here. She's 12 to one on the morning line. So she's uh, going to be a nice price in any of your yeah. exotics. Yeah, I like that, that is race six at Gulfstream Park. I will go to race number eight, and then we'll both join each other in the 10th race. So the eighth race is on the turf. Keep in mind, the number six, Loriston, just did not have the greatest of trips at Keeneland. Uh, this course got some action that day. It had a really slow start. It was like 10 or 11 lengths off. Stayed at the inside. Was green, but had a lot of run at the top of the lane. Altered course a few times. And you could just see this course really got going. I hope it's a big day for Luis Saez on Saturday, Barry. Because I've got Saez again here. And I think even one more time <laughs> later than I thought. So it's like, hey, win me three or four races. Let's do this. These are, you know, this you is know, horse who, even, you know, what's funny is, is I, oh, I was going to say, you know, what's funny. Like, even if that last race with the 10 that you showed and, and this, uh, you know, uh, Anchorman 2, have you seen Anchorman 2? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I call that the Jack Lame trip when they, when Absol- they hop the start or just- <laughs> Just unprepared stop. You know what I mean? Like I yep. say it at home. I was like, man, that was a Jack Lame trip. And and they just 
hop start and have no chance and they come running late. That's what I call that. And, and, and those horses usually come back to win. I, I usually put them in the stable mail so I don't forget to play them back because usually if they get a good start the next time, they're usually a better price and they, and they get the job done. So it seems like this is the same kind of thing. Eight to one on Loriston. Throw this one into your exotics. If she's over five to one and this race is on the grass, I'll bet her. she got a couple nice turf works even since that turf debut. Lots of positives for Loriston. Okay, we both go to race number 10, my friend. Who are you going to look at in this 10th race? Yeah. Um, this was kind of one of those, uh, this is the pick by attrition. Um, you know, I, I, I do this quite a bit, especially in smaller fields where, you know, I kind of analyze the, the horse's styles. Um, because usually when you get to these races at optional Claimer 62, you're, you're dealing with pretty good horses, you know, lower level stakes types that are fairly consistent with what they do and the way they run. Now I know uh, super chow is going to get bet off the board here. Yep. Um, and honestly, I think that this horse has lost a step or at least initially, you know, you see that the horse kind of went around to a couple places um, off of that layoff since August and, you know, really hasn't shown the kind of speed that you want to see since, you know, June ish it really hit his peak early last year um you know january february you know it was really kind of unbeatable at that point uh but i haven't seen that horse since i i know the horse is getting lasix this time but there's also some speed in here too besides super chow and horses that can kind of make it difficult and that's all we need um because that you know i'm going to tell you who i ended up with is two the number two XY point, because this is probably the best closer in the race and will probably sit the best trip behind them. You know, you got a horse in in ribbons and medals that probably has no shot. I don't even know if this horse is going to run. They might scratch him, which would make it even easier. Um, Doc Amster gets at this level and can't win. Finishes fourth. If you look at, at his past performances, he's run at this level on April 9th, finished fourth. April 27th, finished fourth. August 5th, finished fourth. November 23rd, finished fourth. So I have no confidence that this horse can win at this level. Probably needs it a little bit easier. Uh, Tickling will probably need the lead and and, and add to the pace issue, as well as Real Talk, who might get kind of lost in the shuffle, being, you know, close to the pace in a stalking trip. It might not be ideal. And XY Point will probably be a little bit behind that one. Um, showed a lot of improvement the last race where he was able to settle. Uh, Edwin was able to get this horse to settle after kind of a rough start. And the horse kind of won going away. I, you know, I think that this is sets up perfectly in the same fashion. He, and not to mention that Edwin gets off of the one to ride here. I think this is go time. It's funny because I did the exact same thing that you did. I ended up on a slightly different horse, but I did the same process of elimination type thing. I didn't want the one. Like, I don't really have a problem with XY point. I just landed in a different spot. I didn't want the three. Real talk. No, thank you. Um, I, ticking's a little bit in, intriguing to me as a first time gelding at a little bit of a price. The four is definitely wasn't talking about 
Chow, and you mentioned the seven. I got to Doc Amster by default, and you were kind of hitting at the point that yeah, he runs like at this level. It's not that he runs bad. He just sort of like a lot, all of his races at this level, you've seen like forts. I think the key for him is the six furlongs at this level with this yeah, field. Distance, like, I don't, it's, it's yeah, better, like, yeah. I don't think he's that like great of, I don't think he's the, maybe even the best horse in this field. But what's nice is that at six furlongs, he has the running style to where he can put himself not, he won't get outrun by super chow, but he can pass horses a little bit. The problem is he doesn't doesn't want to go farther than that. Like we can watch watching his last race. I think you can really see Secret. like visually you can see it with him. So he's the one in this race, uh, Doc Amster. And then also another thing, mm. he drew the rail in three straight races. So for a horse with his running style, that's not where you want to be. Because right here, he gets forced. He's kind of in this weird spot. Like he'd love to be sitting just off of horses right where he is in like third or fourth. But when you're inside, watch what ends up happening to him. Instead of being just behind the leaders, next time we see him in the picture, he gets shuffled all the way back. It's like, what the heck just happened? He he was like an, another flight in front right there. Like how is he last in this race right now? <laughs> you know, it was like, what? What happened? And he's down on the inside and he's trying – he tries yeah, to get through got the, here. the ill shuffle, as I call it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I think just a couple things for him. The cutback, because right here you see he makes a little like middle move run, but he's he that's really what he's got. He's got some positional speed. Yeah, he's interesting. And he's, you can see. He's got a, a little punch, but like he tries to get down inside here. He doesn't really love it. Like he gets up into contention, but then what happens? Hurricane Jay just says, nah, I'm gone. Right. And, and like, he, and opens back up yeah, here. And this was a horse mm -hmm. who just wins on the front end. But I, I thought that was kind of a better than might've looked race. And I really like the getting off the rail after three straight inside third start of the form cycle and the cutback. Like these are the little, the sort of like mini makeover package thing for this horse to where I see that Jenna's trying to do everything she can to get him into the winner circle here, because these are all the positives cut him back a little. Now he gets to the outside. He likes Gulfstream Park. He should be able to sit a pretty good trip in here. We both found uh, six to one shots that we like in this race. Barry's on honestly, point. You know, honestly, the, the only, you know, reason I kind of went to the two instead of the six, well, is a, I didn't, I didn't really like the way this horse finished races, but I can definitely undersee your point. Point because you know you, you kind of talk a couple change a couple changes that, that was excellent. Yeah. I, I, but you know I I also thought that the two won't be bet as much, so I kind of want the higher of the two either way. So so when the betting comes out and you see, I'm gonna try to lean towards the the or gravitate towards the one that's the higher price, whichever one it is, because you know Duck Amster is no joke. It's just no. he, he needs the right kind of situation. Um, but I I can definitely see this this developing for either one of those horses. I'm just going to take whoever's higher priced. And as we finish up, I just want to give everybody one little flyer in the 11th, which is a nice two mile turf race. So uh, they'll be running around a few times here. There's not any real confirmed speed except for this guy F five, which reminds <laughs> me of the Brock Lesnar music. Doom, doom, da doom, 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 doom. 
as uh, F5, you know what he's going to do, Barry. He's just going to be out front in here. He's going to be winging it. His win came at a mile and three eighths. So that's sort of a lot of times with these horses when they can just get softer early fractions a little and they can relax. Um, I, and who is it going to be one more time for me? Luis Saez, baby. Let's get out front Louis, with F5. Louis. That's my man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're playing any type of multi-exotics, I actually thought the three was a little bit interesting too because there's not much speed. He may be by default like sitting second or third in here just because some of these other horses are such stone-cold closers with zero early speed that uh, I thought both the three and the four were horses that might be interesting to include. You know the one's going to get crushed at the window. Absolutely. Way over bet. That's what one of the crushed. reasons – well, I was kind of looking elsewhere for sure. So we had a little shorter edition this week, uh, adjusted the schedules a little bit, but I always got to give you big thanks, man. Cause at any time I need adjustments, every time I need an audible called, you're always there to help out. And uh, now it's nice. Cause we get to talk Gulfstream park, the track that, you know, and in a few weeks, we're going to add Santa Anita into the mix. Don't forget folks, Gulfstream park championship meet past performances, picks, clocker reports, shop.drf.com. My man, Barry, thank you so much, buddy. Look forward to chatting some races with you again next week. Absolutely. This is always the highlight of my week. Much love, my brother. Good luck to everyone out there. Hope we lead you in the right direction. If you have any questions ever when you're playing the races, please check in with me or with Barry. We'd love to help you out. Good luck. Let's make some money this week. Good Saturday of racing coming up at Woodbine. It is closing weekend up there. So Saturday and Sunday, the two final days of thoroughbred racing this year up at Woodbine. It has been a blast. I've covered Woodbine races this year on the daily basis for the first time. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I've had some good days and bad days like we all do as handicappers and gamblers, but I've enjoyed interacting with a lot of you out there who play the Woodbine races, and I've really enjoyed the product. It's just a great product as far as finding value it's one of those racetracks where you can always find some value somewhere and some days the results are a little crazy but that's what i like as a handicapper and as a gambler and i also like free all access past performances you can get those right now if you sign up for drf bets so go right now sign up for drf bets use the promo code stakes if you deposit 200 bucks, they will match that deposit bonus. They'll actually give you 200 right back. So your 200 turns into 400. They give you 10 free all-access pass performances, <clears throat> 10 free cards. We're going to be looking at one card right now for Saturday, and I think it is a good card. So let's take a look at these pass performances. I'm going to start in race number four. Remember that in the second race, there's an early pick five that has a $100,000 guaranteed pool. You can play for just a 20 cent base wager. This fourth race, I like the two stolen. Now, this is a horse who, who took a little while to put it all together, but I, I like the recent races that all are synthetic sprints. November the 10th, going six on the synthetic, breaks the maiden finally. October 13th, 
going five and a half on the synthetic fourth that day, but a pretty good effort chasing a lone speed winner. So there was no passing in that race. Tossed the race on the turf on October the 1st. Before that, this horse was off since December 9th. So she's only making her fourth start back off of a 10-month break. Her two races to end the season last year, sprinting on the synthetic, they were good. She was fit. She was only beaten like two and a quarter, but six and a half even might be a little farther than what she likes. Six furlongs when she finished third against Maiden Specials on December 9th. That was a good effort. Look at the seven furlong race on October the 1st. She was competitive there. The mile in the 16th race on October the 29th last year, that's too far for her. You, see, you can kind of figure it out. Like she wants to go about between, you know, five and seven furlongs. Right around six is the perfect mark for her. That's where she put it all together last time out. She beat a horse who came back to win their next start. I think she's just heading in the right direction right now. I like stolen. 10 to 1 on the morning line. Anything around 6 to 1 will make a win wager there. The fifth race right next door. But the number three, all for honor, was intriguing. So this filly, I was following along with her the last two races, really. Because uh, on November the 30th, she had legitimate trouble. I mean, she was just, she had good late energy down on the inside. And then I figured stretching out on December the 7th, she'd get a, a, an extra furlong to work with. And she might have a little more real estate and she could run well. So I threw her in a lot of exotics and she was 20 to one. She was a big price that day. She ran really well. And I want to show the race here. So she's the number seven in this race that we are going to be watching. And she has a slowish start. That's the concern. Her last two starts, both and in basically all of her races, she's had bad beginnings. So she's last early in this race. She's seventh. She's about five lengths off or so in this field of seven. Um, at one point, yeah, even maybe even a little more. It's not like they're going fast in here. She moves down to the inside and she's behind horses. So she gets kind of caught up in in traffic because you can see she's much closer. Like she's traveling pretty well, not that far out of it early on. She's only about four lengths out. And then what's gonna happen? It's going to turn out where she just has zero room down towards the inside. So right now she's still waiting down towards the inside, looking for that room. She looked like she was going to go in between horses. And then as horses started to stack up to the outside and they wanted to go wide, she stayed inside all for honor. And right here, she's like right behind the leaders, just nowhere to go. Nowhere at all to go. Can't get up that really tight seam along the rail, just begging and pleading for room crying out for space none whatsoever and she's going to finish a close-up fifth there along the inside now stretching back out i think she will be a little closer early on if she can just get out of the gate quicker should be just a lot closer in this race mid-pack to forwardly placed she's definitely got ability and she runs in spots that's the number three all for honor let's keep rolling along through the card so there are back-to-back races where I'm going to give you horses that may not be huge prices, but I think they can beat favorites in here. So in the seventh race, Silent Sky will likely be favored, but Silent Sky is a filly who has burned money a few times. She always w- runs really well, but she's one of those types that seems like she doesn't mind settling for some minors. So 
it, with her running style too and cutting back the seven furlongs, she'll probably be coming from a little more off the pace. Whereas you have the eight, Tavaline, who I think is the horse to catch in here. It doesn't look like there's anyone in here that's as quick as she is early. You have Seattle Causeway, who's cutting back from some route races, not quite that quick early on. And it's going through the rest of the field. I think the lead is hers. And just depends on, can she get the seven furlongs? She's going to make the third start off the long, long layoff with the blinkers coming off. That should help her relax a little bit. I hope she's aggressively handled. And I hope she can open up on this field early on. Tavaline could be a, a horse I single in exotics against the favorite here. The horse who I think Silent Sky will end up going off favor. And then uh, right next door in the eighth race, another similar situation where Jayhawk dropping out of that good third in the grade three gray will be really popular at the windows. I think she'll likely or he'll likely be the one to beat. But competitive touch stretching out from sprint races. If he gets this trip, he's going to be loose on the front end. I think he's the fastest in here and he's stretching out from the inside. So I think competitive touch, another situation where maybe you could play a couple different tickets. One where I single Tavaline, one where I single competitive touch key in on these two. If they're, you know, horses that float up for any reason, I could play them to win, but I think more in exotics, these are horses that we could build around and take a shot against some of the other, uh, the other short price favorites. Then we move to race number nine. Right next door. I wanted to mention a couple in here because I did think both the three and the four could be forwardly placed in a race that I didn't think had that much speed for a six for a long sprint. So that means living on love who gets off the inside coming off of a good runner up effort behind princess of the North. I could see living at love, living on love being right on the lead or know how who's right next door. This horse drew the rail the last two times. And she's quicker than what she showed in that most recent start. She kind of got, you know, down on the inside. Sometimes you're kind of at the mercy of the trip, everyone else, if you're not really fast early. I think they're going to try to get more aggressive with her in here. Those are two horses that I definitely wanted to mention to throw into your exotics if you're playing any late exotics there in the ninth. And then in race number 10, one more worth mentioning, way to the outside. I am a little concerned about the possible wide trip. But I think from a fits at this level and should be a nice price, I'm a beast. Just really versatile too. He may have to be more forwardly placed with the outside draw, but he can sit off and pass as long as he doesn't get hooked four, five, six wide, which he very well could in here. But I think the price might be built into it a little. So that's the 14. I'm a beast. On Saturday, the second to last day of the meet at Woodbine, we'll have a video for Sunday and talk about some of those mandatory payout exotic sequences we'll be looking at the daily racing form past performances remember free all access pps when you sign up for a drf bets account right now go do it good luck on saturday at woodbine Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. And trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only 
It's that time of the week again to talk about everything going on in the world of pro wrestling. Let's talk some WWE, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and some AEW. Koopa Loop, it is the CM Punk show right now. And I think what we're seeing is the difference between being in WWE and being in a different wrestling company. Um, Any of the other smaller ones. I mean, WWE does this better than most professional sports organizations do. Hell, Baseball doesn't promote their stars that well. Hockey doesn't promote their stars that well. I'd say maybe football and basketball promote their stars as well as WWE does. We had CM Punk on Monday Night Raw two a couple weeks ago, and everybody said, "Well, man, he didn't really say much. It was kind of like a a weird promo." And we both, you and I, both said, "Just wait. He's not going to come right in the first one slinging. He's got to just come back. I'm here. I'm back." And then boom. He what he did was he, he is a great employee. He put himself back into the WWE world. He didn't worry about throwing jabs and saying things that were going to make people go ooh and ah that they were never going to be able to make money off of and follow up on. Why do you even do that? They waited and then on SmackDown this week, he shows up and they weren't sure exactly if he was going to go to SmackDown or NXT or Raw. I think we all knew he was going to go to Raw. But he shows up, Coop, and it's bumping shoulders with Randy Orton, L.A. Knight, Kevin Owens. He mentions Roman Reigns. I mean, it was a perfect way of using him, setting up all these future feuds down the line. And they did the same thing at a tease on NXT, and we see him end up on Monday Night Raw. I think they have handled CM Punk about as perfect as you possibly can. And for anyone who says, oh, Punk is... Uh, lying, he doesn't. He's not happy, or it's not home. You think right now this guy doesn't love being the center of attention on every single show? I guarantee you, he forgot how big the machine is that is the WWE. Because right now, he's more over than he's probably ever been in his entire career. And he hasn't wrestled one match yet since his None. return. Right? I think he's scheduled for a Madison, well, the big super show at Madison Square Garden here in a couple of weeks. God, I want to. We're gonna go over there. You yeah. and I, let's, let's make the trip up. That's the, yeah. The, let's. I, let's one year, I want to go to one of those because those are so cool. Oh yeah, they're so stacked every year. They always yeah. have something fun or like a big surprise return. But I, you know, it's um, you and I weren't even all that for sure. We wanted CM Punk in the WWE, and and like we've seen things can change quickly but right now you just feel like wow it's been a perfect marriage with him coming back and the way they were able to use him on all the different shows promote him tease all these different storylines and I mean while we're talking about punk I honestly think Monday Night Raw was one of the better Monday Night Raw segments I can remember even people who do not like Seth Rollins there's a lot of them there's a lot of people out there who love Rollins, but a lot who don't kind of kind of has like a whiny like uh, image, I think, online because he defends WWE so much. People who are anti WWE don't like the fact that Seth is a WWE homer. That was the best promo he's ever cut in his entire life. And it was and Punk was very good too. Punk, you know, told him this was yours. You're, you're one. I'm not yeah, going to give you any. That was a good line. But good line. I mean, they've. 
I'm not wrong, right? I feel like you saw them do this with Jade like about a month ago, and I feel so very sad for Jade. I think her mom recently passed, right? Right, right. It was with cancer. So yeah, cancer. When yeah. We may have been wondering why we weren't seeing Jade as much. Now we may know, right? Yeah. She may have had a lot of stuff that she was dealing with off screen while she just came into this brand new company and trying to train really hard. So, uh, you know, hopefully everything for her family will be uh, as easy as possible through this time because this is always a tough one. Um, but what CM they, Paul, yeah, what CM they do with Paul, the star, you know, we were kind of like his first promo, the end of Monday Night Raw, the first one, we were like, okay. Okay, and they're oh yeah, this is what you get. This is you know here here come the haters. This is punk. What he did on SmackDown, the promo with uh, at the tribute to the troops was fantastic, right? The the line um, where he said something about randomly punching people in the face backstage, and that's all he needed to say. You know that that was okay. All right, punk is back. Yep. And 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 just shaking everyone's hands backstage. I like that little segment. He said, Oh, I've heard a lot about you. Then he get he gets to uh, uh he gets to uh and says uh Oh, is it Dom? He was back there with Dom because yeah, he was gonna be he's gonna uh, Rick face. Is, is saying Ricochet he goes, Oh, I've heard you're bad, you know, because Punk bad is at a video, big games. video guy, you're bad yeah. at video games. He you loves know, Kofi, just, gives Kofi a big hug, that's his guy. Like they were really, they were really and, and tight. He's, um, he's at the performance center. Cora Jade. Yeah, he's there with Cora and, Jade cutting promos and um, on and, you know WWE.com. And fast forward to what you said about Monday night with Punk and Seth Rollins and, and Seth saying, I hate you. You bad mouth this company and that was me. That so great. He just said, I hate you. I just started laughing when he said yeah. it. Like, it was like and a he, little kid. He probably does. He does. And he does. And I'm again, sure he does. And, and again, I'm crediting Booker T when this this is needed in professional wrestling to work a program with, with people that necessarily don't like each other. You have people, especially on pro teams, golly, especially in the NBA, you got multiple Dude, guys. I was a Laker fan. Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> they you know, hate each other. Westbrook. There's there's all these people that pe- people just hate, but at the end of the day, it makes for the best when you can bring out the best. And he Punk has you firmly believing he's going to win the Royal Rumble. But Gino, you said not so fast, my friend. Yeah, I mean, you could have Seth eliminate him. You could have Cody win the Rumble. You could have uh, Punk win at Elimination Chamber. It, sure. it feels. Like right now, whether or not they meant to do it this way, like it really does feel like it's Seth versus or it's Cody versus Punk in the Rumble. Yeah. Right. They've kind of they've kind of pinned it that way. Um, I think you want to use I I heard somebody say put those two and then like Dominic and L.A. Knight as the final (laughs) four, which I thought would be a pretty cool final four because you've got like one guy that everybody's going to want to boo with Dominic, one guy that everybody wants to cheer with L.A. Knight. And then you've just got the two. Super over guys that everybody thinks is going to win. Um, man, this was good. You had like Punk checked off everybody on the list. He mentioned Usos, Kevin Owens. He mentioned Cody. Like all of these possible matchups. He teased that he was going to possibly go to SmackDown, but he ends up on Monday Night Raw, and it makes the most sense because we all know that him and Seth 
have this feud that's been built up in real life. And honestly, I don't think it will. But like right now where we sit, this feud, I think at the current moment, is hotter than Cody Roman. Oh, 100%. And maybe that changes a little bit. Because we haven't seen night. Roman for a while. They haven't he's started He comes their back field. tomorrow. He's coming yeah. back tomorrow. So I'm but, sure Cody. But absolutely, 100%. Agreed. When I'm thinking about, like, night one of WrestleMania, night two of WrestleMania, man, like, right now, this feels like if it was a Seth versus Punk, that feels like it could be the night two main event of WrestleMania. I don't know if they would do that to Punk or... And it's funny now. We used to be the main event of WrestleMania was enough. Now it's like night one or night two. <laughs> if you're the night one main event, you didn't get the big one, you know? So, um, gosh, I'm I'm excited, though, with, with all yeah. the different permutations that could happen. But you know what? They will pick, you know, Roman's going to come back with Paul Heyman, with Solo. There'll be the Usos involved. Uh, McIntyre's going to be involved somehow, some way. Cody wrote, you know, that will fire up. And we will remember how great that Roman Reigns is. But, man, isn't it really, really good? We, You and I, look, both, you said it. We both said CM Punk did not need to be back. WWE was on fire, okay? Holy cow. And you and I both said um, uh, a while back, man, two belts on two different shows. Roman's not around. We don't know if this is going to work. Man, they've made a lot of things work. And if they can make it work during this time where there's no PLE, we're just pointing to the Royal Rumble in January. We're over a month away, right? We're Christmas holidays. We've got to get through New Year's. If we can make this work without Rollins in a world title picture uh, without Roman Reigns being around, man, it's really going to be exciting here over the next couple of months. It really is, especially when we get closer to Royal Rumble. I, I think this is, and I'm not just saying this, I think this is going to be the best WWE season that we've seen uh, maybe ever. Yeah, we're honestly in the peak of the WWE right now. I mean, I know people will want to say Attitude Era and Austin and stuff, but right now as far as social media, buzz, People on all sorts of different content, um, all sorts of different places. Just it, it's firing on all cylinders right now. And I don't. I'm not sure if you read some of the recent news that said that like the punk switch. Now again, these are all rumors, but the punk switch has made Warner Brothers not sure if they want to re up with AEW. Were you? Did you read any of those? Yeah, oh, like I, the TV I, rights? Because now. They're and the talking numbers that come out for uh, for advertising money and how much money uh, AEW has lost. Uh, oh, brother. So you have a place like WWE who could possibly be on TNT or TBS. And then AEW would reportedly move somewhere to like Discovery where they'd be in many less homes. And they whether or not even if they were to get money like a positive money uh, deal. That would feel like a big backwards move for AEW with how they came out firing and they had such great momentum, right? Whether or not they were, they've always been making money. Like they came out, they grabbed a lot of attention. They had a ton of momentum. Just haven't quite been able to build on it 
yet and we're seeing right now what WWE with all of the like the machine with the machine with, that's it that's all it is that's one word it's a machine it is let's hit some quick uh some quick tidbits from SmackDown things to mention yeah. Santos Escobar gets the win he moves on to the semifinals of the US title tournament to face Bobby Lashley I did like the fact that we had we saw Kerry and Cross I know Lashley got the win over him but I, I felt like the presentation for Cross was much better again it was kind of like back to where we were for NXT and I don't know what that says moving forward but I don't know he just he hasn't been around very much and at least even losing to Lashley doesn't kill him but I just thought the look and that he was back on our TV was a positive maybe we can get some sort of a like I don't know if he right now is going to get over like this crazy singles guy. Maybe you need to package him with someone and put him in a tag team, like some kind of a badass tag team with somebody else. Because there, I still think you can do something with him, Coop, especially sure. oh, with, yeah, with yeah. him there's, and Scarlett. There's like, there. yeah. there's something there. They just yeah. they haven't been able to figure it out on the main roster. Hey, and Bobby Lashley, you forget of the decorated human being that he is. You forget he's a army veteran. And yeah. those people were just these soldiers and that crowd were going insane for him. This is something to watch. This guy has been kind of the in that, the universe favorite. They've turned him into a uh, the hot flavor of the week uh, baby face. And now we're going into several weeks and into a month of, of Bobby Lashley supposedly turning with the street po- profits have been, has become a massive baby face. So this is something to watch for him. I think he could, uh, I think he could be uh, the one to, uh, to win this tournament and uh, win the U S title. Lashley. Isn't he like 46 or 47. Dude, Yeah. Two? He looks younger every week. Unbelievable. The I mean, shape. just a couple of years ago, he had all the makeup of, uh, what was her name? They did the wedding um, of... Uh, oh, with Rusev. With Ru- Rusev's, with, with, uh, uh, Rusev's wife. Yeah, with yeah, Lana. Yeah, and okay. it's like, oh my God. It's like all this makeup is all over. And it's like, this poor guy, he, he is not enjoying this. It's just, look, it, it's crazy just how things change, right? And I, I just think Lashley is, again, you're when, when these superstars start, it's like they start growing not that he needs it but he starts catching fire again and it's grassroots type i think he's the one that they're going to be pushing here pretty soon for something and the crowd loves it do you know you there i was muted for a second there coop sorry we had a little uh technical difficulty got disconnected for a second there but coop you were just talking about you know like lashley and when you could see these superstars start to grow start to develop he feels like he's a major player on that side for the U.S. title. And it's, I mean, it's just been awesome seeing how well on all of the shows and how, like, the energy and the vibe is overall in WWE. And I think Punk did a really great job just kind of, like, stirring all of that together. A um, couple things to hit on from SmackDown, too. We got the, like, the Cody babyface promo. This is perfect, right? He gets to really cut the tribute to the troops. Thank you, everyone. Thank all the veterans. That was great for him. And do we know any more about the Charlotte injury? No, I looked me earlier too. today and nothing. I, let me say this. It just, as good as Asuka is, as good as Charlotte is, 
we just can't get a good match between these two. Um, uh, wasn't didn't they have a Mania match several years ago, which I was think? incredible? And then since but then, it's like nothing. We can't get anything going with them. And do we have a legit knee injury? Um, it, it's just you know I, I don't know. It, it, you have damage control involved. I, it's just I don't know. There there was a lot of pictures that just wasn't good. Uh, this was the negative for me. It was only what four or five minutes. Uh, this match, it, it's just something that these. It, it, it's just they don't. They haven't been able to to put the pieces of the puzzles together since that match. Yeah, 2017 WrestleMania in New Orleans at the Superdome. It hasn't you, been anything like that. The way this was, like they were, they just get started, and then all of a sudden they cut the commercial, and then we come back and we get a roll up in about seven minutes. So. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let's hope that everything is okay with Charlotte there. Um, we had Randy Orton uh, go <laughs> give Nick Aldis a check for a hundred thousand, and then Aldis <laughs> tells him, "Hey, you were only fined fifty thousand. and he says, "This is for the next time." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think uh, w- after watching Dynamite. I feel like Randy Orton and Andrade El Idolo must be hanging out because Jesus, those two guys right now are like two of the most in shape, cut up yeah. guys I've seen. And it's not that they were in shape guys before, but since they haven't been around very much lately in the last six months for Randy, it's been like a year and a half. This is the first time in a while Randy's actually probably been able to really work out a whole ton. Yeah, right? Like, for- yeah, and it's putting it's very smart of them putting him in a tag too, getting him involved in in matches like that. I, I I think that helps. And what do you say? He he didn't know who L.A. Knight was. He just um, I, I don't know who this kid is, but okay. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Me too. Uh, and he says, "What?" Did he, they, then they stay, they're standing backstage, and he says, "Uh, ready for the bloodline?" And all L.A. Knight does is say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just loved it. It was great, and and what a perfect match, man, to end SmackDown. It was a really, great, really good hot tag team match, man. All all four do really, really good work. Now, I do have a question for you. Earlier in the evening on SmackDown, I think next uh, tomorrow night, which is we're recording this on Thursday, um, Grayson Waller versus Carmelo, and Kevin Owens returns versus Austin Theory as part of the tournament. Oh, that's going to be such a blast. Now, we, we'll get to Carmelo shortly, but this guy is, I mean, who you talk about a rocket. This guy is, we like what he's doing with Trick Williams. We think he's involved with, we saw what, what, what happened on, on Tuesday night. And, and now he's the superstar. He's going to be on SmackDown tomorrow night in a match with the Grayson Waller. I, you know, I don't know if he wins, but I'm excited. I think he should win. I think he should win this first match at least because right now with Waller, seems like that they're pretty high on that Waller theory combo. Yeah. And I think those two guys could be a really fun tag team for a while until you have bigger plans for one of the two. It's actually bringing the most out of theory that we've ever seen. Yeah. Cause we thought he was done. We thought he was and done for. He, he needs more of a personality and more of a character to go along with like just he reminds me of like one of those really good prospects that you draft early in the NBA, you know, and that they just sort of like uh, you keep expecting them to to be the guy or to be a guy, and they just never really take the next step. But now, I mean, I'm I'm reminded of a guy like uh, like an Andrew Wiggins, 
You know, like everybody thought he was going to be the guy for Minnesota. Like everybody wanted him to be the guy. And then when he gets traded to Golden State, he doesn't have to be the guy anymore. But all of a sudden, he's able to do all these things that he's really good at. Like he plays defense, he rebounds, he, you know, gets some steals. He doesn't have to be the guy orchestrating the offense. I think that I kind of feel that way about Austin Theory. Like maybe we just wanted a little bit too much for him too soon. And if we put this guy in a different role, I think he still has a lot to offer. So uh, you're not going to find many uh, wrestling shows giving you the Andrew Wiggins comparison. (laughs) That's like some That's What G said exclusive over here, Chad Cooper. Maybe some uh, Draymond Green. uh, Oh, Draymond, I was going to say. Draymond's probably been a part of every wrestling podcast over the last week and a half. I got to say, that. have you ever seen anything like that? Remind me. I've seen Shaq one or two times. Like Shaq, remember he tried to throw the big punch when the guys yeah. were like he. I can sp- still picture him. Like he took a big step and tried to swing down at someone. But the only difference was was like the guy did something to Shaq before. This dude did nothing. Nurkic did nothing. He was standing behind him <laughs> playing. Like regular defense, like okay, Chad. If I'm defending you, it wasn't even over aggressive. Overly not aggressive. A, like a little bit of a hand on the back that, like every single player in the NBA does. And this dude does a freaking. Was that the Chris Jericho spitting back fist? <laughs> like, was that the, the dude who scared he was gonna get choked out? I mean, you, you, you know, I just bizarre. You know, indefinitely is not long enough for this guy. Sorry. Uh, Stop comparing him to Dennis Rodman because there's zero comparisons. None. None. Gosh, man, it was unbelievable. Draymond Green, he will be uh, at WrestleMania 2025. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. Randy Orton and LA Knight stand tall on the tribute to the Troop Show, as it should. You've got the baby face there. And every time you throw LA Knight in the ring with these guys, it just makes him feel like a star even more. Yeah, More. he belongs. He does. He does. We move over to Monday Night Raw, and we had Jay Uso. And Yeet is back. They must have bought Yeet out. Yeet is back. Yeet. Yeet. So they must have bought and, out. And, the, and, uh, hey, the, the, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase once said, you know, everybody's got a price. Everybody's <laughs> got a price. So <laughs> they, they took care of uh, Mr. Yeet. They, Yeet has been taken care of. And <laughs> it's funny because... I don't feel like Jimmy Uso is nothing, but man, you kind of just feel the difference between Jimmy. Like Jay feels like yeah. his own thing. He really does. And like well, they uh, called uh, him main event Jay for a while now. Yeah, line, you know, he's like he's found his character a little bit more, and it's not easy to do what they've done. Split up twins who people couldn't even separate them by looks. I'm forever. One of them. I mean, I'm forever. One of them. Me too. And it's not, it wasn't like a disrespectful thing. It wasn't like, oh, I don't care to know the difference. It was like, they look very similar. They wrestle very similar. They've never had character traits that were like differentiating between each other. They were the brothers, the Usos. And then we started to reveal the layers and the bloodline. And when Jimmy was hurt and Jay was the man there next to Roman for a while, it's it's been great. And he just continues to have these Excellent TV matches. He feels like a big deal. I assume that he'll have something with his brother at WrestleMania or maybe even with Solo. But 
you put him in the Royal Rumble and he feel he's not going to win the Royal Rumble, but he feels no, like someone he, again. He, he's one of the ones that needs to have a 30 to 40 minute run. Yep, I agree. And whether it's him and his brother doing something or interacting, he should have an interaction with someone to set up a feud moving forward for him. And, and you know what, Gino, I'd love for him to have a singles title run. And even me, maybe me win one though. There's nothing wrong with that. They're going to be on split brands, but for, something tells me they come back around. Either they're going against each other. I think that'd be a great mania match. But once Roman gets back into the fray here, I, I think we're going to revisit this some. But so far, so good. But main event, Jay, great opener with Drew McIntyre. And again, though, Drew McIntyre should not be surprising here. Ah, dude's on a run again. He's on fire. He should be winning. He should be picking up wins here. And you can go a few different ways with Drew. Man, and if you're someone like Okada, and there are rumors about Okada oh, as a free agent, yeah. does yeah. he want to come to AEW or WWE? Like, if you're Okada and you see right now what WWE has done with, let me say, three particular, I guess I could say four. Let's say Cody. Wow. They bring this guy in. He looks like an absolute star. They treat him like a star. Jade. They bring her in. They treat her like a star. She's all over the place. CM Punk, he comes in. Those are all three from AEW. And then someone like Shinsuke Nakamura, who had come in from New Japan, wins the Rumble. He's in a massive match at Mania. Then he kind of flounders for a little while. But what's funny is the fans have wondered why Nakamura never won the world title and stuff like that. I don't think there's ever been one report that Nakamura has ever been frustrated or upset or anything at all backstage. In fact, we see Nakamura posting pictures of him surfing, loving life. <laughs> it seems like he's, life. like he's got it great. And now they've actually, for one of the first times ever, it's like they figured it out with the some of the foreign and international characters who don't speak the native language. So if you're, you know, if you're here in the U.S., and most of the people here speak English and you are a character who can't cut an English promo. They found ways to just, Hey, let them, let them cut their own promos. We'll put subtitles up and you can feel it better when someone is speaking in their own voice versus when they're trying to translate something in their head that yeah. loses emotion. It loses feel all of a sudden Nakamura has been presented really well. And if I was Okada, I would be very pleased about like looking at, at how Nakamura has been presented and thinking that could be me. I could be a big star there. This is the best version of the uh, presentation version of Nakamura. He's been able to go in the ring since day one that we've seen since coming over here. And these, these promos continue to get better and better. I like the part he said, <clears throat> Cody Rhodes, um, your lack of respect is going to be your biggest weakness. And my favorite part is Nakamura uh, says he's painting his own picture. Of course, you know, that kind of alludes to the mist and he ends it. Always remember you asked for this. I, you just don't get any better than that. You don't simple. So... It, it's just really good. The verbiage, the writing and Hey, look, even Nakamura, who's not always been the easiest to listen to, it's kind of like with Asuka, uh, on television for the average United States of America, human, American human being, 
I, and I've said this. That's why I've never really gravitated towards uh, foreign stars that come over in professional wrestling. It's always been that, that way for me. But if you're but, but if you're looking at this person for the first time, you're all on board with Shinsuke. This he is feels amazing. like a a huge evil movie villain when you're he watching does. him. Like he a badass movie and, villain. And as good as the promos have been, um, I couldn't think of a better way for them to do the main event with Cody Rhodes. And the Mist. 19 minute main event with the Mist. Uh, just, just a hell of a match for those two. And it keeps you, it keeps this feud going for another few weeks. It gives them a way to extend this a little bit more. Um, just a lot of good. Coming out of Monday Night Raw, we've got the Judgment Day out there kind of talking about everything. And they're sort of like they're having a uh, an air it out session. And freaking <laughs> R-Truth goes out there. And R-Truth is like, everybody hates JD. And you – R-Truth just starts spitting facts. And I was texting you. It reminded me of like on Saturday Night Live when Jimmy Fallon would be on there. And you could see that he was just laughing. He just couldn't yeah, yeah, straight. He's yeah, Damian Priest was having a really hard time. Like, he would have to try to start talking, and you could see he was like smiling, and he was supposed to be serious, and he was going to close hide our truth. But he was, it was great. Like, everybody loves our truth. Everybody. I think he told them Happy Thanksgiving either it, Monday or, or Friday on SmackDown. It was fantastic. It was now. Great. Let me ask you this because I ask you this, man. What are we doing with this briefcase? We assume this is not going to be a successful cash in if we're looking at God, the next. It feels like months, it right? right now, just where we are, because it's like you just don't feel like Damian Priest is going to be in one of these matches for Mania. Yeah, because Seth Rollins needs that. Does he? He needs that title. There, it, that title is going to be involved in that match with CM Punk. Wouldn't you assume? Yeah, I mean, okay. do we do we save this for like right after Mania? You know, like the direction they want to go. Immediately following WrestleMania, where they could have, I mean, it would be so brutal for Cody to win and then get oh, cashed in no. on. Right. You know what Don't I mean? Say it. I know. I didn't even want to say it out loud. You're but, sick. But You're it's a, a sicko, Gino. But for a story, right? For like entertaining stories and stuff, all after he finished the story and then like the next night on Monday Night Raw, Priest gets him. You well, know? we're definitely not turning priest babyface. That's mm-hmm. what I thought we were. That's a that's a sick that's hell sick. move there, buddy. Oh, I know that or was, that was move. that's sick. That would be sick for sure. But <laughs> I feel like it just does. And I'm not a fan of the losing the briefcase. You know, like I don't no. like that because then it just it weighs it diludes it. It makes it mean less. I hope. Well, how can... many of the last couple? I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, please. How many of them? How many briefcase win brief, briefcase winners of the last couple of years have been successful? Yeah, we've had we've had a lot of them not right. I mean, even leading back, I think Sandow was like one of the first ones. Corbin didn't get it. Cena did a cash in for the match beforehand, and and it didn't go through. And what um, Otis? Otis definitely Otis, wasn't. Yeah, well, um, and we well, know Otis he, lost it. Remember? Otis lost it to the Miz. That's and right. The and Miz, Miz lost it. it. Oh, well, did he, ca- he, well, he cash right in, for the two week run? And then he two the, weeks and then Lashley just beat the piss out of him. <laughs> and and, and other- then we had uh Big E had it. Yeah. Right? Yep. And Big E. That wasn't successful. Or was yeah, did I mean, he win the world title with it? 
he he cashed it on Monday night. But see, that's what we're getting to. Like he cashed it. Um, Liv was another one. Nikki Cross right. was another one where they cashed it, but then nothing, like nothing after, right? Like remember, Liv got caught in that bad feud with Ronda, and they didn't know what to do. Like they kept like they were almost teasing Liv like a like a heel at points. They they had Nikki Cross win the title before and we even they, knew her they character. Kept the show off, and she got no celebration. Yeah, and and Big E got it, and then Big E's problem they had is like what they have with a lot of these baby faces where oh, oh great yeah, you he win. was going on both shows. Remember he was looking peeping around the corner with it. I remember yeah, some silly stuff going on. Had the match with Roman, and then it's like he just can't continue along. So they they feel like they're a little stuck with Priest right now. Yeah. And and again, you know, they may have had plans before CM Punk came onto the picture. And those that plans true because things those, have completely changed. Those plans may have changed a little bit now. We've been giving a lot of positive, I will say. I I don't think this like the match I'm going to talk about right now was not supposed to be good. The point of it was supposed to be like one ragdolling the other, but it just didn't come off well for either Rhea or Maxine. I don't think that came off well for either of them. Yeah, match. I don't know what that was. It, it was odd. It was supposed to be a glorified squash, and I, again, I, it was odd. I didn't, I didn't like the fact that uh, it didn't. What did, who, they, well, who did it do anything for? Like, for? No, it, no. It, 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 she was she she wasn't with Dominic at NXT. At NXT. So I, I didn't like that either. Um, no, this the, I, I, there was several things I didn't like, and this was this was one of them. I, I just didn't like it, and I'm a fan of Rhea, you know that. I like what they've done with Maxine, but I, I just felt like it was very clunky and didn't need to be on here. Me too, and it's a bummer because I like Maxine. I think she's really over. She's popular, but Maxine has only wrestled like a few matches. Yeah, she's yeah. really you green. Be careful with that because I know it, it and, doesn't. Not only does it make her look green and people know that, it makes Rhea look really bad and she's supposed to be your badass champion. It doesn't do anything for her. Yeah, it didn't it did nothing for either here. I just uh-uh. don't think this was a, a situation where like if the, I, I'm fine with this kind of a thing where when Maxine's a little bit more ready, when you when you can have her have a couple spots in the match. And right. it's like, oh, she almost pinned Rhea. This was not that at all. It was yeah, I just it, it didn't really go very well. Um, we then saw the continued build for Carter and Chance, which I like. We we yeah. thought that these two are one of the real women's tag teams. They need to get built up. And, you know, the crowd is still going to take a little while to get fully behind them. But they're very good in ring. We're starting to see, like, vignettes and segments to build them up. They kind of come out and they have the the like little things that they shoot out into the crowd. So there's there, there's things that they're starting to to build for them, and I think that's a real positive. Like I, I like seeing them get built up a bit. Yeah, um, they're next in line, and I I think they're going to win the titles unless there's something down the road here that we don't know about. <clears throat> I, I I like when Piper and Chelsea are on the mic. Uh, they're, they're at the commentator table. It's so just, good. They're really, really good together. And you said it last week. You know where I stand with Chelsea. I, I just think this has been really good for the women's tag team championship that has just been a it is what it is. It's been a failure. Um and it's been really good and very entertaining with with a heel team that can can make you laugh. Um 
let's see if we get some singles with, you know, we're going to get a Caden versus Chelsea and a, a, a Chance versus Piper and vice versa. We'll see if we can get those over the next couple of weeks, and then we'll get a tag match on TV and see if they win the titles. I think we can get them over that way. So I think the heels can cheat in their singles matches uh, somehow, some way, and uh, we love to see the heels lose. Um, so I think that's what they're going to do here with this uh, this storyline here. And, man, just, like, going through Raw, there's just so many, like, little things that felt like positives. Bronson well, I had... I thought the Bronson Reed match. Ivar and Bronson, dude, those guys just beat the hell out of each other. They've both raised their stock in the last month or so, and the crowd just loves that they just go after each other over and over. And then we got the Punk and Rollins stuff. And we've talked a little bit about it, but Punk, uh, Rollins, I'm so glad they did this. They had Rollins say all of the things that every WWE fan was thinking. Hey, look. This isn't home for you. You went and ripped this place for 10 years. You said everything bad about all of us, including me. You blasted all of us, and then we're just supposed to forget that and you come home? No, this is your last chance. That's why you're here, and I know you're going to blow it. And I'm going to be waiting and watching, and when you blow it, I'm going to tell everyone I told you so. And you know what? If you don't, if you don't blow it, and if you do behave— and you do get yourself into a championship match with me, I'm going to make you look like a phony because I'm better than you in a ring anyways. Dude, this was <laughs> incredible. I, you just, bravo. Uh, you don't get and, and Punk is just smirking, right? He just, you have to look, as good as Punk is and as, and, and as great as his promos have been, it's not easy standing in the ring having someone cut your style of promo on you. And he just stood there and took it, smirking. And again, Rollins, I want to be clear. I hate you. <laughs> I mean, that's all he really had to say, really. It, it's just uh, f- phenomenal storytelling time that was. Just fantastic. And everybody wants to see these two guys go at it now. And uh, just a Really, really great way of building this thing up. Uh, we talked about the Judgment Day. Uh, we talked about Carter and Chance picking up their tag team win. Man, the the women's feud with Becky and Nia is hot oh, right really now. Good. It, really it's good. Funny. It's what like the line that Becky said about uh, Nia's knees can't even hold her up. I'm like, oh, oh man. And Nia, and Becky's frustrated because Nia takes credit. For Becky becoming the man She said you know it happened Because of me Again think about like The stories they're telling right now You've got Drew Frustrated with With the Usos with Jay Who screwed him over and the bloodline They're playing the old story You got Nakamura telling Cody I'm not going to let you finish your story I didn't get to finish my story You've got Punk and Rollins Leaning on all this stuff over the last 10 years Like they're finally This is Triple H This is Triple H These are the little details that Vince would have said uh, Nobody cares about that Or nobody remembers that Or hey we don't And Triple H is like nah let's just Let's put that in the storytelling And damn now we're leaning on Becky and Nia stuff from years ago That (laughs) we didn't even get A build off or like a feud off of And now it just makes A whole lot of sense 
This well, was- if you would have just thrown Becky and Nia in, like, okay, this is they just have a backstage promo or Nia attacks her one week, you're just like, yeah. How much more invested are you after the last couple of weeks in these two ladies? Un- unbelievable. And now they have another complete feud that's not nothing to do with the title, which is really that, hard to do. It's and they- really hard to do, and there's not many companies, and there's not many superstars who can pull this off either. So kudos to those two ladies. We got the Cleveland All-Stars, the Miz and Johnny Gargano. <laughs> it's the Champa in the mix. They beat Imperium, which was really cool because you just don't yeah. see Imperium and Gunther involved in losses all that much. Um, the crowd was super into these guys. Look, shout out Babyface Miz. And then after this, we actually saw um, Adam Pierce talk to, was it Ricochet, Kofi, and Gable? About a possible uh, something to do with Gunther and the IC title, so um, that could be a possibility. Uh, again, Gargano and Champa. This is the best spot they've been in in a long time, and exactly like we suggested, let them wrestle every week, and every week they're going to get over little by little, more and more, because the crowd is going to enjoy them in ring. That's what's happening. And man, Miz, the crowd went crazy for Miz again, didn't they? They did. This is a good baby face right now, especially in Cleveland here. As, okay, so, uh, uh, Gino, next week, uh, Raw, Des Moines, Iowa, Priest and Balor defend their titles against the Creed brothers. So, very interesting. Because the Creeds came out and made the save, right? Yes. Very, right? Very interesting here. And next Monday night, Chelsea and Piper will defend those titles against Caden and Katana. So, there I, you go. It may, We... We may have both or one. I, I think the women's change hands for sure. If the Creed wins these titles, the Creed brothers, uh, this early, uh, look See, out. I, I think, like, I don't, I, I'm almost not, I, I almost wish they weren't in the match. Yeah, I, 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 I me, me too. I want a better build. Me, because, damn, like, they're, I, I think they're doing a good job with them, but it just seems so quick. Because if you give them the titles right now, then where do you go? I think you we know, get some outside interference. I get screwed over here. I think that's uh, probably like, the way to go, and it, you can build them to maybe them winning it at Mania or however you want to do it. Maybe ref bump, and the Creed has one of them pinned, and you get outside interference from Rhea. Or do you get uh, something like, because they came out at the end, do you get something like a Na- man? Nakamura interfering in their match? Because they okay. came out and then to Cody save. comes out, and we have a six-man six right? A six or an eight, yeah, we can lead to like Cody and the Creeds with like Nakamura and the Judgment Day. That could be a little like a little fun. Cody and the Creeds would be pretty cool standing next to each other. They would. Whoa! (laughs) Monday Night Raw. As we move to NXT, we came off of a deadline pay per view, and it rolled right into NXT TV this week. And this deadline pay per view. Just shows you how much freaking talent they have right now yeah. on the roster. Um, you've got Dragon Lee, who picks up the NXT North American Championship, defeating Dirty Dom. Um, that was a blast. And, and it was a good match. Dragon Lee is so good in ring. And now you've got a real nice worker with this North American Championship. And he can have these fantastic matches all over the place moving forward. The Women's Iron Survivor... Blair Davenport picks up the win. I I think that it doesn't really shock me, but 
I would have probably picked one or two others in here. I thought Fallon or Tiffany, but it looks like they're kind of building those feuds. And after the Iron Survivor, Cora Jade shows up, and she actually pins Lyra on NXT. And Blair was sort of looking at Cora like, hey, (laughs) it's supposed to be my moment. And then we get Nikita Lyons who shows up. So you've got this women's Survivor match that didn't even have Roxanne or Kiana in it because they had another singles match on the show. And then you've got uh, Cora Jade who shows up. You've got Nikita Lyons who shows up. Don't forget about Saul Ruka who's still hurt coming back. Dude, there's so much, so many talented women on this roster. It is incredible. That, that, the women's Iron Survivor challenge match, uh, not who I would have picked, but it was a very, very entertaining match. And man, shout out to Lash. Oh, uh, look, how, how, and how far has Cora Jade come in a short period of time from coming out? To the ring with a skateboard. She was the skater girl. She said, see you later, girl. (laughs) Girl. She wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Coming out in vans and to what we saw Saturday and Tuesday. Holy cow. She is a star now. Now do you see why they didn't give her the title when she was just a skater girl? She's got this presence. She's got the mean girl thing going. She she looks grown up, right? She looks more like a woman. Than she did like a little girl a few months 100%. ago, and it's she 100%. and it's you know I think she she's got the surgery, but she put a little bit of weight on. She was little, she was sure. small, and and I think even more with women than with men, it can really hurt the way you perceive a match. Like I think this hurt AJ Lee sometimes. Sure, Absolutely. you're just so small that people now. don't believe you're going to be able to beat someone that's way bigger or you're tiny. She's not. She just feels like more of a grown woman standing in the ring right now. And looks more important. Now, let me be a Debbie Downer here. As good as this women's roster is on NXT, I just thought the weakest spot on this match was the steel cage match, Kiana and Roxanne Perez. Completely agree. It's just not, this, this is just not doing anything for me. I, and it's, I think I like both Roxanne and Kiana. I like them both individually. I even like, I think both of them are improving. I think Kiana's sure, gotten a sure. lot better. I think Re- Roxanne is, instead of, she came in and she was like, very good wrestler, very smiley. I'm just happy to be here. Right? Now she's got layers to her. You could see her edge. You could see her fire up. She's got more intensity. But it, like, with Roxanne and with Braun, it, it was almost like what we're talking about with the Creeds. You put the titles on them right away, and then you didn't have anything else to do with them. No, afterwards, no, yeah. and I completely agree with you. I also think it hurt that it came right after the men's Iron Survivor match, and they had that incredible last few minutes where Trick had no falls, and he gets four falls in like two minutes. He's like a freaking house of fire all over the place. Trick and and I think everybody on the show wanted Trick to win, and that was like, okay, is Trick gonna win? And he did, and then it's. Okay, here's the cage match with Kiana and Roxanne. It was a, it was a bad spot on top of not being the match that we needed. Like cage matches, sometimes you gotta have something creative there. So, uh, I I thought it was like the highlight of the night followed by the low light of the night in back to back. That yes, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think we both 
thought that uh, um, th- this cage match was a little eh to begin with. It probably could have been on TV, don't you think? NXT on a Tuesday night. Um, Absolutely. This would have been better of, to have this week. It would have been better and, to have this week. Yeah, and, instead of on a uh, pay-per-view. Um, what match did you say you got to after the cage? Because my notes uh, are out of order. What cage, we- and then and then we had the 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 main event, uh, Dragonoff versus Corbin, which might have been Baron Corbin's best match. It was fantastic. It, it was before we before before I just one word on Carmelo and Lexus King. Please, I, I, I'm not there on Lexus King. Me neither. I, He's not. not done enough in the ring yet. Like his his character, like the and I will say the dude is super young. Yeah, and yeah, you can it, sort it of looks, see it. Yeah, like it kind of shines through in his character. Now, he feels what like I a did child. Appreciate though, Gino, is him at the end of the match saying, "Hey, look, dude, I appreciate you. Let me have the spot. Um, I was got me the on one a PLE. Yeah, yeah, I'm the one. I was not the one that attacked you. And and fat, we'll get to it in just a second. I, I do think it's interesting. He's going to be involved now in this breakout star tournament, and which I think should, that's a very, very good move for him. Completely agree. This should help him because this should be. He should win this tournament in a heel fashion. Yeah, um, seek to win all of and, it, and we need to see him show some more improvement in the ring and everything. So I will say he's not a home run right now, but when you're comparing him to where he was in AEW, and he's got a character oh, comparing to MLW when he was a manager. I know he was a manager, so and he spent a lot of his early life as a professional wrestler injured, had a major knee injury for for a year, then he hurt it again. So. This is a project they're going to uh, take a chance, and I think in the long run it's going to pay off. But right now I'm not there with him. Me neither. But I, 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 I completely like that line because it it it, it builds this storyline with Carmelo and Trick, and I think we may see Trick on SmackDown cause an issue. I think so night. too. We could. That we would could. be great. That would be great. Um, yeah, that was your your show. What we've also been seeing is um, Ava Rain is like. I wish they would have just did, did. Did I miss like a segment where they just said she's like the the new assistant? I don't think so. Because I think that's all it needed to be was just thirty seconds of Shawn Michaels having her in in his office and saying, "Hey, I know you got caught up with the wrong kind of people. I've got a job for you. I want you to help me out, and you can help me, you know, run this place for a while. Like just something like that, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's I agree." You, just even if we get it next week, like let's let's get something small like that, so we can all say, why did Ava go from being in a cult to to like <laughs> put, booking the matches on TV? <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, and then Joe Gacy shows up, and <sighs> Joe Gacy is an absolute batshit crazy character, but he shows up. And Joe Coffee's right there, and he goes, "Hey, Joe, here's another Joe. I got a cup of Joe, and he's got a cup of coffee there." It's yeah. like, what the? <laughs> I got no idea what the hell he was doing, but it did make me laugh. It did, yeah. like it yeah. was stupid. But if this is the kind of thing where, like, they gotta lean into it now, I think. Yeah, they do with with coffee, like I think, or with Gacy, like I think they gotta make him instead of being the spooky guy. Make him be the corny guy. I think this could be like this could be a back, like an an all time backfire in a positive way. Like I could see the crowd getting behind this goofy dude who's like 
<laughs> he was under the ring. We all hated. We've all hated since the beginning. We thought he was a Bray Wyatt ripoff. Remember? But he's under the, under the ring, and man, he's like filling bells, and now he's got a cup of Joe. That that was funny. It really did. It really did make me laugh. And uh, yeah, Baron Corbin, man, I think he has his best match of his career with Dragonoff. We we don't know though coming out of this match. Um, Trick talked about how he's going to have the match with Dragonoff at the end of the month at the next pay per view, and we right. saw Trick and Dragonoff and Carmelo all in the ring together. We teased that it well, may have been Dragonoff that attacked Trick. But they keep laying it on that it really seems like it was Carmelo. Um, and Carmelo accidentally hits Trick with the belt. They're all standing there. Like these three guys in the main event picture, I love. What I don't love is hearing and reading that it looks like Dragonoff had to get stretchered out of an event yesterday or a, of an NXT event recently. Not sure if it's something that's storyline. But now, I think Gino is storyline because there's been numerous reports that this is confirmed to be storyline. Which, driven. fingers crossed. So that's what we yes. hope, right? And when yes. is, the, the reason why I wasn't sure was because it was like yesterday. But keep in mind, they're, record, they're taping a lot of things right now with the holidays yes. coming up. Yes. So yes. that's what sort of threw me off. I was like, was this something that wasn't even for, taped for TV? Because if this was on like a, a house show, then that was probably real. But as you pointed out, you know, we've already gotten some reports that it's hopefully storyline, something to do with Ridge Holland, who was the guy that hurt Big E. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think they're, they might be leaning into that um, if that's part of the story there. But I, I feel so good about where NXT is right now. We didn't really mention Briggs and Jensen, but they've got like separate. Mamaria. <laughs> They've got separate things going on. And um, you know, the men's breakout tournament. Breakout was tournament. Eight, and uh, then we oh, had Corin Blair in the tag match. Yeah. With Nikita uh, and uh Valkyrie. I uh, you know, we saw CM Punk. He came out on Saturday night before oh, yeah. uh, the Come on, Punk. And, we appreciate it, but we know he, you're not signing with the next team. He like shook hands with Shawn Michaels and he did the like he had a Bret Hart shirt on and they had this like Oh, sorry. You know, there was like this awkward interaction. But um, I think I, I read a joke that said um, Andre Chase had to take out the money to try to like lure. It was it was a contract that he was going to try to lure CM Punk to chase you. You know, I, mean? <laughs> I now, thought that I was. I did think it. I did think it was interesting. We got a chase you student in this breakout tournament, and he won his first match. And you know what? I like the fact that. Um, Tia has a crush on him, but yes, she's awkward as out. hell, and it. she doesn't know how to talk to guys. And in the background, JC's like, "No, no!" Like, <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. So, Cora uh, and Blair pick up the win. It looks like those two will be in the women's title picture against Lyra moving forward. So, lots of of groundwork on NXT. Hey, Gino, Gino, winter has oh, coming. Winter is coming. To AEW, to Dynamite. Hey, this no, look, was, there were some good things and bad things. Okay, so let me I'll just let say, you, I'll let the, you the wrestling with it. There was. on the show, most of this show was wrestling from the Continental Classic Tournament. And almost sure. all of that in-ring stuff 
There's not botches. It's not bad. Oh, absolutely it's not. not. Bad. No, 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 it's no. Sure. High sure. level in ring wrestling. It's very good quality wrestling. The problem I is, think, I do think it's interesting. They're making us. I'm not doing it, but they're making us go to Collision and or Rampage to see the Blue Division. To see all of Brian Danielson. Yeah, and the Claudia. most popular, well-known yes. wrestler that everybody would want it. to see. And, and I get it, but let me tell you something. If I have a flagship show and the other two are, yeah, I'm putting, I'm doing everything I can to stack that flagship on Wednesday nights. Or at the very least, I'm using the flagship to really promote the crap out of the other stuff. Give me recaps. Give me, and they don't like doing that. Tony Khan doesn't do that. He doesn't ever no, want to recap well, we something. Don't. They don't, don't. They think it's if there's like one second. That there's something that they're they're recapping that someone's gonna tune out. And it's all about the groundwork. It's about laying the groundwork to build your product. And the it's funny in reading some of the recaps of this and in listening to some of the uh podcasts that came out last night, the direct recaps of Dynamite, most people hate all of the devil stuff, like everything to do with it because it doesn't make sense anymore. It feels like they may have had a plan with the devil stuff with Cole, and then they decided to change it. And now it's it's almost like they don't know what they're going to do because the last few weeks they've made MJF going to stop being as much of a baby face as he was. Now they've kind of thrown Adam Page into the middle of this devil uh, storyline. And I'm I'm truly intrigued at who they're going to make it. The problem is... What I'm doing in my head, I'm trying to figure out who would make sense. And I don't think they're trying to do that. Like, I don't think they're going to make someone that made sense. Because at this point, anybody besides Adam Cole doesn't really make sense. Okay, right? let me throw let me throw some name, a name out at you. And because we get the, the latest rumor of the week. I thought Cole was it. Cole, you're right. Then we thought probably Punk was probably maybe the original because it seemed like a good idea then. And then there was, and, and then there's you know Paige, there's Wardlow comes out with this. <clears throat> Would you be disappointed if it was the House of Black? It it just for like some of these are like why, you know, like if you're the House of Black, why did you go through this whole devil thing and not just take the guy out? You're already as scary as hell team as it is just go take the guy out like because if I, can I could tell you I, and, and i'm a conspiracy theorist but watching the end of this show and what you know and they have different people playing these different hooded characters probably every week and you know they probably did have wardlow at one time in this um one of those one of those guys was, was brody king you could see the tats. yes the size of them and, and you could see the tats um does it make sense for them? He's in this tournament. He's not going to win it. Uh, I just think, again, we talked about this last week. I just think anyone other than Cole or somebody that we're not thinking of that's, again, waiting for their non-compete clause to expire, we're going to be disappointed. And, and I thought it was a little more intriguing this week than it was last week. Me too. And I, I am truly that. intrigued at who they have it be. But, like... If it's Samoa Joe, why? Samoa Joe's already in the middle of this feud. There's if no reason for it to be Hangman Page at all. No. If it and Hangman Page then gets his ass kicked at the end. So right. I, I you know, um if it's like 
why would it be Wardlow? Why wouldn't Wardlow just go after MJF? Like he's already said, I'm gonna come yeah, after he got, MJF. He cut a promo last. He cut a promo Wednesday night and said, I'm waiting my turn. So like, I, wh- why would he do that? It, it, it could the the two that make that the only sense to me would be Cole and and Perry. And Perry doesn't even isn't a good option, but he at least makes sense. Like at least sure. makes sense in a guy that's had an issue with with. Uh, MJF and nobody I, I was this good guy nobody thought it was nobody would think it was me and then I at this point though like I I just wanted to get over with yeah like I don't want it to keep stringing on we thought this no, was gonna be done it, it like it, at the pay-per-view yeah. two weeks ago <laughs> like they teased they they teased people to buy the pay-per-view because they were acting like something was gonna happen and then it never did and I almost I don't agree. know if they know what they're gonna do right now no um I'll say this. Um, we go back to the to the word. The matches were good. Uh, the in-ring stuff was good. I thought we kicked off the show well. I thought Hangman Page needed this win. And uh, Roderick is really good, so he gets a 15-minute clean win. It was good for both of them. Really good. It was good for both of them. I had no problem with this. And, and, and then you go back into right into another match, Andrade. I think this was the actual first Blue the bracket match. We've we haven't seen either of these guys on Dynamite. No, no. None. And if Brody King's a part of this devil stuff, what well, he just lost. It, it just, you know, I, I think it's funny how AEW workers, you start hearing rumblings, how they're not happy and stuff, and then all of a sudden they begin to get pushed. I think it's huge. I mean, Andrade hasn't lost in this tournament it, yet. Yeah, and he's just won again. But I thought the match was fine. I had no problem with it. Me neither. Now, but, but but here's the next thing. They promote in Texas the week that this Iron Claw movie is having a huge premiere. We just saw pictures all over. MJF sure. was there. Cena, Corbin, Liv Morgan, they're all there. MJF. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, everybody's taking pictures. The AW promotes they're going to have the Von Erics on the show. They don't even have them out in front of the live crowd. They, Embarrassing! They, they have them backstage and you pick like and you tape the match. You tape a match. For Rampage. You tape a match for this weekend that hardly anyone watches. Why not? And again, I, you and I have been super positive about Orange Cassidy. I think he's been one of the best characters they've had. They've done a really good job with him. He's not the guy you have interact with the Von Erics <laughs> that you have go like, oh, hey, I need a couple guys on my team. You want a team with me? Yeah, sure. Like, no, like that should have been the Hangman Page. One hundred percent, and you could have put them in the ring. We didn't need to see Roosh uh, squash Jay Lethal. That you know could have been on that, Collision or Don- yeah. Like, it, and with, then you're gonna tape the match. Come on, man, just it, come on. That was terrible. Um, Riho picks up a win. Like she's over with the crowd, but it, it's like she'll yeah, come but Ruby in. Ruby Soho is is a jobber. Is done let's, now. Let's, I, I'm just being honest with you. Remember when I she look, came in and she was supposed to be a game changer? Well, she's supposed to be the champion, jobber. I will say this: Timeless Tony is a gold mine, especially over. on the mic. Just super, so good. Just so super, good. super over. We, uh, you mentioned you the Jay Lethal. About, hold on, before we talk about Jay, what do you think about the Golden Jets segment oh. with with Starks and uh, Big Bill? That was one of the worst segments I've ever seen Chris <laughs> Jericho a part of. And it wasn't, and it was not the fault of Starks or Big Bill. It was 1,000% the fault of Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, who... Just horrible. 
they, it was funny. They almost looked like it was a combination of did they not give a shit or were they like, I, I, I don't know if Kenny Omega is like a straight edge guy. They almost looked like they were like like messed up on something. Like like they were high on like they'd smoked yeah. a blunt or something, and they came out because they're they and they basically came out and did a segment that you could tell backstage. They just said, "Hey, we're just gonna wing it out there." Uh, it just and you had the opportunity to really grab some some social media headlines. Didn't Jericho bring up Enzo Amore? Which which got a ooh. Right? Why but, didn't you go with the soft? You know, I know. do the whole break. They missed a good, golden jet. That's what I mean. This was not Jericho's good moment. Jericho was no. not sharp here at all. He, and he usually saying, is. He he said, uh, Ricky Starks was trying his best to save the segment repeatedly. Yeah, he said something about Jericho wearing, buying, going shopping at Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, he said, you know, we're the best tag team with no name. And Jericho said, we can get you a name. And he said, you can be, you know, and he went through a few names. The, 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 the Rick is it Rick and the dick, you know, Rick he and said. Dick, absolute and, a-holes. And, and then he said, uh, you, if you use the first name of you and the last name of you, it would be Billy Stark crickets. Yeah, just, just embarrassing. Just and just Starks even said, Oh, that one got over well. That worked. <laughs> and Jericho was like, nah, yeah, that was that was bad. And like Omega's out there at the beginning, he's kind of just trying to get some of his things in, but it's it's like the timing is super awkward. And again, I, I will like I will say this was brought up by uh Wade Keller. I'm like Jericho was wearing a bunch of goofy, but he was wearing like a biker. Outfit, right? Like, like Starks yeah. made fun of him, but he was he had a he had a, a rhyme and a reason. What the hell was Kenny Omega wearing? Kenny Omega wearing? Like it, he walks it, it, out there like he just rolled out of bed, and I don't. He doesn't need to be like in a suit, but you're the top guy. You you are one of the top guys here. Like you're one of the best wrestlers well, in the, the world. There was reason why AEW started because people all we kept hearing about again, and I say this over and over again because it's true. Because I, I, I was one who sought out Kenny Omega matches because I kept hearing how me great too. He and was. and Chad, I couldn't we've find seen... it. And I find, and I finally got a channel that showed showed New Japan, and I got then I went to YouTube, and he has been a failure here. He has. Don't at me. He, he and now it. you're going to put him in a tag team with Jericho called the Golden Jets, which Kenny Omega accidentally slipped up and called themselves the, the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets. Jets. He Whatever. didn't know the name of the team. He didn't know what was going on. The timing was off. And, and they're probably, you know, they're going to win the tag team titles. You know they are. And the, the problem with all of this, too, is that Kenny is a good promo when he wants to be. Yes. He's seen it. We've He's seen it. When he cuts promos, like, with a reason, when he cares, he's excellent. Go look up some of his stuff in Japan. It was fantastic. He would cut promos in Japanese to the local crowd and and get, like, they would go nuts. And the dude has got charisma when he cares. This was, it's, it, I, I almost think that AEW did the worst, one of the worst things that could have happened for them ever was having... Cody and the Bucks and Kenny as EVPs. I yeah, really do. I agree. I agree. Because you can have these guys be like 
producing matches. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with like some of your more veteran wrestlers helping to helping other guys with their spots. That that is great. That's what wrestling's supposed to be. But they shouldn't be. They shouldn't have been in a position where they were making all the decisions or where it felt like because it, it it almost went backwards. We talked about it. We've never got the Kenny Omega as a baby face run ever, ever. We got him with Don Callis. We never got Kenny going, hey, I'm the best wrestler in the world. I'm going to beat all of you. I'm going to show you why this company was created. It's because of me. It's not even a heel thing. It's just I am the best there is, and I am going to show you time in, time out. I'm going to beat every single one of these guys on this roster. You name it, they can't go with me. And we've never got that. Instead, we get guy in sweats that looks like he just rolled out of bed, that doesn't care, that didn't, like, practice backstage the segment that they're going to have, that I was so disappointed in this as a guy who thinks, like, I think Kenny Omega, he reminds me of another guy who, like, if he went to WWE, it would be one of two things, and it would not be WWE's fault. He would either be amazing because it would be like Cody where Kenny is just doing he's doing what he's told, and they put him in a good position. But if he got goofy and went the other way, like, he may not care. And this is Kenny, like, I'm watching him wondering how much he cares. I was, I was, this was my he least favorite segment yeah, of the show. in a long time. Yeah, and and you took the words out of my mouth. What could have been? Because um, Kenny Omega was uh, a free agent. We we knew he wasn't going to leave AEW. But what if he could have worked with Triple H in this era with the WWE? What they could have done with this guy? I mean, he was a sweeper, man. This was. A, it, I, I just I didn't get it. I didn't like it. The, the chance they did had to make something out of this promo with the soft, they they didn't go that way. It was just, it was a failure. It, it, it wasted a lot of time, Gina. You need a sounding board, and we saw that with Cody in AEW. Yeah. It, it's people, oh, Vince and WWE and the machine, and they're too corporate, and you don't get to be yourself, and they make you cut these promos. But there's checks and balances. There's people to say, no, that's not good. That shouldn't go out there. Nah, we can't do that. We got to... We got to practice that or let's let's do it in a different way. Come here. Let's run that again. They did not do that. There is no way in hell they were backstage running through that before they went out there. And it was awful. That should never be on national TV. It was terrible. So uh, I had a little bit of a thought on that. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. um, Finishing up, we had Jay Lethal versus Roosh. Oh, Um, man. That was basically a squash. Did you see Jay Lethal's? Like his body language after the match, with, like after crying. the match on stage, dude. Almost. I, I just think he's fed up, man. I think he's fed up. And then we get Mark Briscoe and, and Jay White with like a really good match, eleven minutes again. But <sighs> but Briscoe's in the match in the tournament. He has good matches. He loses all the time. And and I've heard people say, man, Mark's gotten a lot out of this, or this tournament's done good for Mark. Huh? What? Like what? Good? Who, who could? Okay, he's on TV every week. Which one of these guys could you say, now, why would he be slotted ahead of any of these guys that just beat him? Anyone that's in this tournament, how could he be slotted ahead of them in any way, shape, or form? Uh, Gino, um, <clears throat> we we often see eye to eye. I think why that's why we click. 
um, because we have the passion for the same things. Um, we heard about the mountain out of a molehill with WWE SmackDown. Them uh, boys. Was, them boys. And everyone blew up. Okay. Last night was a massive flub by whoever was running the AEW Twitter slash X and Facebook account. After the match, you post, Jay Briscoe comes up short. Are, are you kidding me? Are, are, are you, I'm not even, I'm going to leave it at that. Are you kidding me? Come on, guys or girls. Come on. Come on. What do you think about the, the kind of mistakes event, you can't make? Yeah, you, know. you can't afford to make it all as a, not even as a new company or as an old company. You can't. What so now you, you got Mark Briscoe who hasn't won a match in this. No, season. at all. He's over. And, and he's he going, worked Jay Lethal on TV next Wednesday. Two, Z, two offers in the tournament. And he's got a pay-per-view match this weekend. Him and FTR versus Claudio, Moxley, and Brian Danielson. For the record, oh, whoever no, is going. letting Brian Danielson do this <laughs> is insane. He's in the middle of this tournament. He's going to wrestle this match on the Ring of Honor final battle show. Keep in mind, in three weeks, Daniel Bryan is wrestling Okada at New Japan again. Oh, brother. At the Tokyo Dome. And the December 30th, December 30th is supposed to be the finals of for the pay-per-view. So between now and then, we've got Brian Danielson finishing up this tournament. He's going to have the Ring of Honor final battle tag. He's going to go to the December 30th, most likely, in the pay-per-view. And then five days later, he's going to wrestle in Japan against Okada and probably have a 35 or 40-minute match there. Somebody needs to look out for this guy. I'm being serious. Like, because <laughs> this is what the pro, this is what, why he left WWE because he wanted to do all these things. And they told him, dude, health, you, you got to look out for your health. I know you want to do this, but you don't want to hurt yourself so bad that the rest of your life, you can't hang out there with your family and your kids. He's already had the neck, the head, the concussion stuff. Like, I'm nervous for him. And we're not even like taking advantage and using him on dynamite. He's never on dynamite ever. Ever. <laughs> then the, the main event. Everybody wanted to see this one. Swerve versus Moxley. John Moxley has done everything in your company five times over. He's not like on a run right now. You're not building him up for anything. There is zero reason why you need John Moxley to win this match. But you have him beat Swerve here. Maybe you're going to tell a story where Swerve comes back and ends up doing it. I just... I think I don't think he needed to do that here. I, I think it would have been better having Moxley beat him clean than having him do the stupid roll up where he pulls the tights. I, well, and if you're going to have one tournament match, go a draw. Why wouldn't this be the one? It doesn't make any sense. Have this be the draw. And then you it can have these guys it, it, go it, again it, at it, the it, pay-per-view. For, and, for they're defend, and, and they're defending, oh, this doesn't hurt Swerve. He's going to come back and win it. Yeah, it does. He needed to cleanly beat everyone, in, in especially in this division. He's a house of fire right now. He's got a bunch of momentum. Holy cow. You don't need Mox. It does nothing to hurt Moxley losing this match. Nothing. <laughs> and it does hurt Swerve a little bit because then you go, ah, okay, I don't know. Is he on that level? You know, you start you start asking yourself, and we shouldn't be doing that, man. I That, that was a bummer for fantastic in-ring work. Just didn't love the way and the the taste it left in the mouth at the end. But Coop, 
We're in week freaking 15 of the NFL. It is crazy how time, how time is flying right now. Do you have anything this weekend that you like in the in the NFL? Man, you know, I, I, I've been looking, and I tell you, it, it gets to the point where it's, uh, it, you know, every wind is a grind, especially now in the NFL. You, you have all these quarterbacks who just keep going down. Now what Justin Herbert is out for the year. It's uh, it's just become a grind finding good spots in, in the NFL. Um, I haven't made an official play yet in the NFL. I have looked at a couple of bowl games, and and I told you this a couple of weeks ago, Gino. This is probably going to be one of the toughest bowl seasons because everyone, it seems like, and their neighbors and their dogs have hit the transfer transfer portal. I just, it's been super, super hard. Um, but if, if you can find some ways and and find an angle, so there's a couple of games this 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 weekend. There's several bowls on Saturday. I, of course, I like the dingiest of the dingies. This Myrtle Beach Bowl on Saturday, early morning in South Carolina. You have Georgia Southern against Ohio U. Ohio U, a very solid team out of the MAC, who opened as a four-point favorite. Now Georgia Southern is minus three. Ohio has nine players that have left. The starting quarterback, both running backs, the leading wide receiver, and the top defensive player for Ohio U are all out. Uh, I know Ohio U's got a legit defense. I think if this game, if, if Georgia Southern can, can score some points, um, they'll win this game and cover the three. Also, on Monday, this is my favorite name. I think this used to be the Bahamas Bowl, but the famous Toastery Bowl. Okay. Monday, <laughs> Monday okay. in Charlotte, North Carolina. You got Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. Hey, look, I've made a lot of money on Western Kentucky this year. They're 7-5, and five, Old Dominion 6-6, six and six, who, who comes into this bowl game with some impressive wins. Western Kentucky getting 3.5. The last two times Western Kentucky, Kentucky has played a, a Sun Belt team over the last couple of years in a bowl. They've scored 59 and 44 points. They've got all their players. I know Old Dominion's pretty salty on the other side. I'm going to go Western Kentucky. Hilltoppers, baby. Hilltoppers, baby, with the silver helmets. And I'll have some big NFL plays this weekend, Gino. We'll be following you at the Chad Cooper. On hey, Twitter. you know, I will have to say one last thing. Self-promotion. I Please. had an incredible night. Oh, dude, and I saw Stop you were on Creed, stage. Man. One Dude, I'm just telling you. You talk about, look, I've shot for a lot of bands. I've shot for Coldplay. Uh, you name it. I, I've, I've probably shot for them. But shooting the entire show for Scott Stapp, Meeting him, talking to him, he is 100% clean and sober. Everything's great. He's doing these shows to get ready for the massive Creed reunion tour. He played 14 or 15 songs. I think 10 or 11 were Creed, then a couple others uh, were some of his solo stuff. But when you hear Higher, My Own Prison, Arms Wide Open, and he sounds phenomenal, I had goosebumps, man. I had goosebumps everywhere, so... For those who like good concert photos and they love some good Creed, uh, check me out uh, on Instagram and on Twitter slash X at the Chad Cooper. Well, I've got some really good stuff there. The news today. So <laughs> right. 
There's so many that you Dude, like. Yeah, and you forget about them. You're you like, do. It's like That's I'm six feet from the edge, and I'm ready. And I'm like, wait a minute, he did that song too. It's just been phenomenal. It's just, I've been on a good run, Gino. You Everything. have. Everything. We're gonna good follow part. you on Twitter and on Instagram, the Chad yes. Cooper. Those, and you got a, a shout out on a tweet from him. He loved. Oh, yeah. Your, he loved yeah. your photos and. uh Great work, my friend. Thanks, Keep brother. rolling over there. We're gonna live vicariously through you, and we'll see who. Uh, yeah, we'll see what celeb you're hanging out with next. <laughs> Give the man a follow on Twitter and on Instagram at the Chad Cooper, folks. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week talking everything in the world of wrestling right here on this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper on That's What She Said. And that's going to do it for this episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Thanks so much to Chad Cooper for helping us out with this week in wrestling. Thanks to Barry Spears for helping us out with our Friday and Saturday best bets from Gulfstream Park. Thanks to Tim Kelly. He helped us out with the Marvels, the deep dive. If you want to find out more about that movie and our thoughts on it, you can check it out in the podcast feed, as well as all the game previews for NFL Week 15 with Eric. Hope everybody has a fantastic rest of your week and into your weekend. We'll talk to you again real soon right here on That's What G Said.